coming up. We talk about New Year, Christmas, Marvel, and a bunch of other crap. We review Being the Ricardos. We review Boiling Point. And we disclose our top 10 films and TV shows of the year. It's one list. It's not like two lists. It's a collated list. It's a collated films and TV together. Yes. All the film and television, we do a top 10 of that. Yes. Yes. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hi. If you're just joining us, welcome to 2022. Uh Uh-huh. The year where it finally happens. Oh, no. <laughs> what do you mean by it? I'm Jordan. <laughs> and I'm joined by Sam. Hey. <laughs> and this is the 57th episode of the Fun Filtered Podcast. Explain yourself. Well, it's just, it, it, it could apply to anything. Oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. You're just kind of putting a placeholder. Yeah. Right. Something so will happen. So when, I, so when it does happen this year, yes. they can go, fuck, they knew all along. Do you have any... Do you, can you speculate on what it might be? Well, I couldn't possibly do that. No. No. No idea or because you do have an idea? No, well, it would be... What's the word when, um, like... Confirmation bias? No, confirmation <laughs> bias. That's two words. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> no, when you, like... Self-fulfilling prophecy? Like, kind of. Like, you saying the thing stops it from happening. Oh, I, I don't know. Is there a term for that? It's like the opposite of self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Where, like, your... A self-unfulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like, your knowledge of the events or your, like, declaration of the events mm. kind of, like, disrupts them from Is happening. Is it like atoms? Like, if you're watching an atom, it won't do its thing. Like, physics proves that. Well, we kind of hope that atoms are always doing their thing. Yeah, but like, what's on? We're kind of fucked if atoms stop doing. It's their the thing. observer effect, isn't it? It's the whole. It's basically the maybe principle that's what I'm of, to think of a watched pot never boils. Yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's not exactly the same thing, but it it, it is true. If you're waiting for a message from somebody mm. and you're incessantly checking to yeah. see if they've seen it, they will never respond. Yeah, but if you forget about it for a second, they'll respond. Yes, that's that. just like a law of nature. Yeah, yeah, that. that. Okay. Yeah, that's why I can't tell you about it. Okay. I think it could be... No, fuck it. Let's make some prognostications about 2022. All right, fuck it. Um, I think the Queen will die. It's about time, isn't it? It's about time. There's also that thing of elderly couples when one goes, the other is quick to follow. Yeah. I know there, ha- well, there were some reports this year, right, that she was like in the hospital. She's been ill a lot, yeah. yeah. So I think she's going to die. Okay. I think... What else is going to happen? Is Biden going to finally die? No. He might step down, though. Okay. Because um, she's already had power once, hasn't she? Old Kamala. Camel. Yeah, old Camel. <laughs> Camel <laughs> Harris. <laughs> yeah, well, no, they don't like her anymore. Oh, they don't like her no, anymore? No, no, no. The what, party don't like her anymore. What'd she do? I don't know. I th- they seem to be sidelining her. I think because they realise how... The Democrats, they seem... They appear to be arriving in various areas to, like the bare bones of self-awareness. Okay. So now a lot of them are talking about natural immunity and how, look, we don't govern our lives around the flu, Mm. so we shouldn't govern our lives around COVID. They're kind of getting there now. Mm. And the same with her. I think they've started to realize that she's bad for the brand. Right. That she's fundamentally insincere. Mm. And she's just very unlikable. She's not a good person to put out in front of. Yeah. Because she does seem so artificial. I mean, she makes Hillary Clinton look sincere. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he'll step down, but I don't know what that would mean. Okay. 
what else is going to happen this year? It's going to be a better year for film. Yes. Well, yeah. That's sort of, yeah. That's like, hovering over this episode. Of yeah, yeah. We're going to get to all of that, I suppose. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know actually what is coming this year. Because last year, mm. there was, right, there's a new, wasn't, Tenet was 2020, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a new Wes Anderson film. There's a new Edgar Wright film. Two new Edgar Wright films. Two, two, yeah, two new ones. James Bond. A new James Bond film. Yeah, like there was a lot going in. New Matrix film. A new Matrix film. I can't think of a single thing at the moment, other than Batman. Well, there's also Sonic the Hedgehog 2. There is that. This is going to be be a big year for Sonic. Why else is it going to be a big year? you've got the film that's coming out April, I think. I don't know. You would know. Don't pretend like you're unsure. No, it's April April 8th, 2022. (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm letting you. I'm letting you know. I'm. I'm putting something into it. Okay. I'm like being like, oh, who knows? Yeah. But no, I knew. Um, got Was it, that for the UK? Got it fucking furiously carved into my wall. <laughs> the day it all ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It. It, it finally yeah. happens. Um, oh, that's yeah. what it's going to be, isn't it? You're finally going to go call and buy now. After Sonic, <laughs> after Sonic, Sonic 2, Two comes out. Well, no, because Sonic. That's the first Sonic thing. There's three Sonic things this year. Mm. Uh, maybe four if that like um, collection of like the old games ever comes out very very quickly sorry because I don't think I'll be able to return to this point okay that's the third time Columbine has reared its head today which means now that it's meaningful okay <laughs> so I, what I released I put song covers on Instagram mm. and today like not for any reason they are random I have a I have a collection of just recorded songs from months of build up mm. and I just release it random and today I released The Nobodies, which is inspired by the Columbine. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, Mar- the Marilyn Manson song. Yeah. And then I happened to watch Elephant, which is Gus Van Sant film that's inspired by the Columbine okay. killings. And now this is the third. Okay. So I don't know if that means anything. You'll be, you'd be the expert on that. So. <laughs> well, you seem to have gone into a nasty habit of falling into patterns recently. Yeah. Yeah. What was the last one? Well, the big one. I don't know if it's a pattern oh. so much as it's a warning. That's what you've taken it as. Yeah. Genius segue, by the way. Because <laughs> I wanted to... I, I was going to just not bring it up because that was seamless. Yeah. But no, it sh- you should get praise for what you just did. <laughs> okay. I wanted right. to bring this up at some point. Yeah. And I thought, I'll figure it out. But I can't think of a better okay. segue. So yeah, I'll do that. And then you can tell us about Sonic. Okay, sure. Um, The number or numbers, however you want to look at it, one, two, three, keep recurring in my life. Okay. Uh, it started with the phone, because I'm usually up at 20 past one. Mm. And I would always check my phone at that time. Mm. And then I was thinking, right, it is a kind of confirmation bias. I'm looking at the phone a lot, and I just happen to notice when it's one, two, three. Mm. But that's not the case. Okay. Because I, I, I was like, right, be mindful of that. And so I was not doing it. Okay. But every time I checked, it would still be one, two, three. And it's everywhere. It's if I notice a house number, it's one, two, three. It's and then so I'm thinking, right, because I'm thinking this, is that the reason that I'm, I'm it's just like it's raising its head above the parapet of existence because I've detected it. Mm. But now other people are noticing it too. It's an objective reality now. In the sense that they notice that you're noticing the, it in the or sense it's th- happening to them as well. Not like ha- you've infected <laughs> them with one. No, two, it's three. not an infection they're taking away with them, but it's happening to me in the company of others. Okay. So the first thing was I was on Skype with somebody and they were like, I was on it for four hours. I hadn't looked at my phone. And they mm. said, I'll check your phone for this. And it was one, two, three. Yeah. Uh, right, right. You can see that. I held my phone up to the camera. Yeah. 
and then we were watching the matrix resurrections this is the combination of it isn't it yeah the film when we watched stream things it very rarely port like stops or buffers or anything like that but it did at one minute 23 seconds (laughs) and you saw it as we were literally descending into the matrix yeah it's i was like no the fact it's the matrix with the whole deja vu black cat glitch in the matrix thing yeah no this is yeah that was the apogee of it it's yeah oh for god's sake (laughs) don't explain what you just did (laughs) it's gutting because this is no longer this this isn't the case anymore right but when you yeah and no um (laughs) we've got a video one of our best performing videos actually which is depressing Uh, it's a conversation that you had with james humphreys shout out james humphreys his birthday recently i forgot to say happy birthday i didn't Oh, didn't you? No. Oh, okay. Don't you look bad? Well, this is me doing it now. Okay. Happy belated. Yeah, it's not not the same. Okay. All right. Uh, But yeah, you had a conversation with James Hunt. I think it was around about the time... It was literally like just after the George Floyd incident. It was just in the wake of that, yeah. Yeah. Because that's mainly what we talked about. Pretty much, yeah. Um, And I just so happened to go online and like on YouTube Mm -hmm. and occasionally I get recommended our own videos. Right. (laughs) Because, Because... And yeah... Fun Divided with Sam and James Humphreys, Fun Filtered, released a year ago, 123 views. So I thought, I'm taking right. a photo of that. Yeah. And I'm showing it to Sam. And thank God <laughs> I waited until now. Yeah. So but unfortunately, it's now 124. Because okay. I just wanted to be was like... It, was that you? No, no, no. That wasn't me. Right. I think that just happened. Just but happened. I, I just wanted to be like... We were just like, you were in the room one day and I just happened to scroll past there. Right. At 123. Okay. But it moved on. So I had to take a photo. Okay. Yeah, um, so you can see that something's happening. Well, you're certainly making a fuss about it. <laughs> well, you, you're seeing that it's a thing. No, yeah, but that was just like... It's right. like if, it's, if, it, right, if it was a case of, oh, I just keep seeing one, look, one, two, three are the first three numbers, you're going to occasionally see them... In sequence as in well. In sequence, yeah. You're going to see them somewhere. Mm. Like if someone was going, okay, hide and seek, one, two, three, I wouldn't go, oh my God! <laughs> but it's... it's it, like unnaturally occurring Mm. isn't it it's times and it's well it's like only unnatural in the sense that you're noticing it a lot like this is all these are all plausible places for the numbers one two three to show up no of course yeah it's not like yeah I didn't just wake up one day and there's blood on my wall that says one two three no yes it's not it's not breaking the laws of the universe Mm. but it's still odd that again it's like I'm sitting waiting one two one one, two, two. Ah, one, two, three. Yeah. Things are stopping or drawing my attention to it when it's at one, two, three. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the fact I, I happen to look at my phone when it's one, two, three. Mm. The film stopped at one, two, three. Yeah. We were driving past a row of houses the other day. You couldn't see the number of the house on any of them mm. except house one, two, three. Right. It's things like that. Like, I'm not going mad. This is a genuine, okay. genuine thing. I'm not ascribing meaning to it, by the way. I was going to say, it's fun being on the other side of this. Yeah, I'm not, but yeah, but I'm not ascribing. I don't right. think there's a thing going on. Okay. Uh, in that sense. In, in fact, maybe it's worse because the conspiracy goes higher with me. Okay. I don't think people are up to something. I think the universe is trying to tell me something. <laughs> right. But I'm just okay. not sure what it is yet. Yeah. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe this is the, the uh, for, uh, fodder. No, foreshadowing the coming of it. One, two, three. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. This is like the first seal being broken. Well, I've incorporated it into a long-standing script that I've been writing. Okay. So may- does that suggest that the script might see some traction? This Is, is the universe know. that compelled to give you, like, material? Um, the universe... 
hasn't treated my material well thus far, it it it, it owes me a break. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe it's finally. I'm just wondering, like, whether that's incredible or infuriating having the universe be your like script editor. Well, it's like you've you've written the thing, and it, yeah. and the universe is like this is good, but it needs more like one two three in it. Yeah. So now I'm just your life is going to be you notice one two three and nothing else for like to the be, next. Yes, three I mean to, to be fair, not to be, uh, it's not a wanky point. It's just a fact. All writing is that, isn't it? The universe affects you. He- overhear a thing like, well, that's gonna I'm gonna yeah, put that into the but script. It, yeah, but that's like a momentary. Like you're in a coffee shop and you hear a guy say, yeah. you know, like, it's not like hammering in a point. Yeah, you must integrate. Yeah, it's one, like two, no, no, three. no, no, no. One, two, three. Yeah, no, it's not that. So I'm hoping if I write about it, it will purge it. Okay. From it won't though, or it'll like deepen. <laughs> br- yeah, it'll bring it. It's like it's that moment in the horror film where they read the Latin book. Yeah. It's like what are you what are you reading the Latin book for? You don't read the Latin book. Yeah. But don't I, write one two three down, Sam. Don't like commit it to paper. But that's the thing. Will the universe break its own boundaries? Because. I didn't read no Latin book. Mm. I didn't invoke this. It just started happening to me. I'm noticing if I double down, if I address it, it will get worse. Mm. But the only way it could get worse is if it really starts warping reality. Okay. It would be just on my wall one day, it says one, two, three. Mm. But then I'd have to question, is that me? Is that me going insane and I'm writing one, two, three on the wall? Mm. I don't know. The stuff going on. Okay. Uh, well, so keep us posted. I'll keep you posted. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing... It's just going to be... Yeah, it's happening. It keeps happening. Okay. But if it develops, if it hits the next level, mm. then I will keep you posted. Okay. So, Sonic. Yes. Um, it's not that interesting after what you just brought <laughs> up, is it? Okay. Yeah, we got the film coming out on the 8th of April, 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got the Netflix TV show, which... They haven't really released any information about yet, so okay. we don't know too much about it. Um, other than it's another multiverse, because of right. course it is. Yeah, I don't know when. I don't know when that started. It's it definitely like, a thing. Though. It feels like everything is doing it now. Yeah, and I really don't know what the trigger is because Marvel weren't like it's not like cinematic universe where Marvel was like the clear progenitor of this thing, or at least they got it right the first time, yeah. quote unquote, and everyone else was trying to copy it. Marvel are doing it along with everyone else. Yes. So I don't know who did it first or who did it well enough that it's just like, we're all doing multiverse shit now. Mm. But it is happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's a trend that I would say definitely has a... There's something to it. Yeah. Like that's It's not random. It's not... I mean, you could say, oh, just the success of the Marvel films. Again, like Chocolate Orange. It's mm. just people are echoing it because it's working for them, apparently. Yeah. But I, I don't know, because you're right, it didn't come first. It wasn't the first thing to do this. I don't actually know. And maybe this is uh, me showing my ignorance more than like being an accurate reflection of like the, the causality of things. Mm. I don't know what the first big multiverse thing was in this new trend. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I really... I'm not sure. The first time I knew it, like I sort of heard it come to our attention mm. is when we talked about DC. Like They haven't done a multiverse thing yet. No. But they've like they said they're like, oh, everything exists in like alternate continuities. Yeah. Well Michael Keaton is playing Batman in the Flash, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I know that this was sort of like I think this was like pre Spider Man that this was yes. announced, or at least like we didn't really know much about it. Yeah, Spider-Man but I don't yet. but not pre MCU dabbling in the multiverse thing. I suppose not, no. But yeah, no, it's just like 
the only thing I can think is like what I said, I think during that conversation, it's something we've kind of continued, like mm-hmm. a point that we've made through all our multiverse conversations, is that the advantage is you can do like your version of the thing, quote unquote, yeah. without invalidating the versions that came before. Well, it's, yeah, it's a couple of things, isn't it? It's it's post-postmodern. Like we've done postmodern. Like yeah. how do you go bigger while you do multiple universes? Yeah. And also maybe it speaks to a... Yeah, that thing of if you liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man mm. films, they still exist within this continuity. Yeah. It's almost like it all has to be you can't enjoy them separately. Mm. And so now we have to umbrella everything together. It's almost like a it's almost hyper inclusivity, mm. isn't it? I was going to say that like the the funny thing is that was probably the original like uh, nugget uh, yeah. that like got them thinking is like, oh, we want people to enjoy Tobey Maguire in isolation. We don't want them thinking that, like, you know, oh, like, this Spider-Man has replaced Tobey Maguire. Yeah. It's like, no, he still exists. Yes. You can still enjoy him. And then I suppose the natural progression of that is, oh, shit, if he still exists out there, that means we can use him. What it also does... Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's cynical, isn't it? It's just because yeah. it's like you can keep making more of that stuff and, mm. and well, I cashing I, in on Did fandom. I say... It might have stayed in, I have no idea. Mm. We ended up not cutting much of the Spider-Man review in fairness. A lot of it stayed. A lot of that episode stayed. Okay. Given how much of it there was. Yeah, given how much of it there was, a lot of it it did end up staying. But I think I said that, like, oh, they're done with the multiverse Spider-Man now. They did it Mm. once, they're not going to do it again unless they're, like, in trouble. But Mm. there's already been shit, like, articles and shit saying that, like, oh, no... They Marvel want Maguire and Andrew Garfield to be in the next Avengers film. Yeah. What? No. No, you did it. You can't. He's not. You can't. You can't let (laughs) Tobey Maguire can't be Spider Man again. No. Like it worked once, but even in that film, he was kind of like you could tell that he was just sort of writing it. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm, Sure. Yeah. Like oh, I'm back. Okay. All right. Hello. Well, what it also does, I think, maybe subconsciously. Because, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, I always ascribe it to, it's money. It's usually about money, Mm. you know, with these studios. But what it subconsciously does is that it affirms that that franchise is the canon. Mm. You know, it's the alpha canon. Yeah. So now that we've integrated Tobey Maguire and Garfield into that, we're saying, yeah, yeah, they, they do exist. As part of our universe, yeah. our multiverse. All of a sudden, after No Way Home, Tobey Maguire is Spider-Man Two. He's not. Spi- right. He's not Spider-Man One. He's Spider-Man Two. Yeah, by hoovering up everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is the dominant. It's not even possible now to mm. make alternate versions of this character because there'll always just be spin-offs of this version yeah. of Spider-Man. The MCU yeah. is the the narrative. Yeah. It's the greatest story ever told. Is it just us, or do these things become more sinister the more you think about them? Yeah. Well, this it's, it's not just us ascribing cynicism and sinisterness to mm. them. Well, I, they I do, think they do actually get more nasty the more you think about Well, look, about I think it's them. fair to ascribe cynicism to them. That's mm. almost certainly. I'm not saying that the p- people involved in making it don't also want to make a good film. But the studio doesn't give a shit, really. Mm. They want to make money. Mm. And that's fine. We've talked about this before. That's what studios are for. Mm. They're there to make money. And it, it allows for films that won't make as much money to get made. They're needed. Yeah. But yeah, there is, you know, I think the whole thing is bad. Mm. I think studios making money for more independent films to get made is good. But I think Marvel films and films like that, Mm. yes, there are some good ones, but the whole edifice is not a good thing for the world. Mm. 
I don't. I think its deleterious effects far outweigh its positive effects. Right. Its positive effects are people enjoy them, but people enjoy loads of shitty things, mm. loads of things that are bad for them. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing to culturally. They're not making things better. They're no. making things worse. So what's the virtue? Mm. There isn't one. I don't know. I guess that like they've created like a reliable for the people who do just kind of watch pap. Pap. Yeah. They've created reliably competent pap. Like Ge- Yeah, but that's sinister. Geostorm is pap, right? Yes. I think that's probably more in line with like your typical Hollywood pap. Yeah. And that's like that is proper pap. Mm-hmm. But like a Marvel film, it's like, no, this is like better slightly better than that. It is I better. feel less guilty about watching this. I feel I le- don't feel I less feel guilty. Less like only in terms of like the quality of it. Yeah. Like you watch Geostorm, it's like, oh, I'm lowering myself to this. Whereas with uh, Marvel, it's like, no, there's good stuff in here. I know what you mean, like you're intellectually lowering yourself. Yeah. But I'd rather watch something like Geostorm, which I know is going to be trash, mm. than a Marvel film. There's something about its... Because Eternals is an anomaly. But there is something about their unwavering competence mm. that I really don't like. Because they're all, yeah, they're better than pre-MCU Marvel films. There are some really great ones, yeah. and there are some really bad ones. Mm. On the mean, the MCU is better than the things they were doing before. Mm. But yeah, now, it's we talked about it in the Spider-Man review. It's like, it's just being wrapped in a blanket. You're not going to get challenged. It's going to be well-made enough to get a good critical reception. Yeah, yeah. And stay in your box. I'd rather get films that are like... I'd rather watch something... That was really bad. That right. you could enjoy for its mm. badness. Yeah. Rather than like this cruising altitude mm. the MCU are at. Mm. They plateaued ages ago. Oh, yeah. And I can't envision them doing something where you go, oh my God, like that is so... I know Infinity Wars often brought up as the end of that. But the fact is, if you're an adult, you know they're coming back. Mm. And... Yeah, I, I suppose it, the thing with Infinity War is that... Um, it's not so much that they've done something that's like genuinely challenging, for lack of a better yeah, word. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, they've killed all of these people. Yes. God knows what's going to happen. Right. It's more the fact that they had, that they did it. They relied on the fact that you knew they were coming, rather than just like having them all erased and then at the end be like either bringing them all back straight away or like doing a thing where it's like, oh, it's okay, they will come back. Well, I don't, I don't like think they, that- they, they, they at least kept up the pretense long enough. I know what you're saying it doesn't end with it like reassurance. Mm. I don't think that's relying on though the fact that you that we knew that they were going to come back. It's relying on most people not thinking that. Mm. So they'll go and see Ava- uh, Avengers Endgame in the hope that they bring them back. Yeah. Um, or just the like, I know they're going to bring them back. I want to see how. Right, but I mean, right, okay. When when the portals scene happens mm. and you get those theaters of people whooping and cheering, mm. what are they cheering? The surprise that they're back? I think the catharsis. Right, okay. In what sense? Because this is the thing I never quite understood, right? Infinity War came out in 2018? Yeah. And then Endgame in 2019. Hmm. It's not like seasons of television here, where you're you're waiting for Hank to find out that he's Heisenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a year. (laughs) It wasn't like they were gone for yonks. Yeah. It was the next film. It was a year with like a bunch of filler in between, right? Ant-Man and Captain Marvel, I yeah. think. Yeah, and Endgame is a long film, so maybe part of that catharsis is, oh, thank fuck, <laughs> it's near the end. 
But do you know what I mean? Like, I don't... Catharsis works, obviously... It works better the longer you go without that mm. release. Yeah. And it was one film away, basically. Yeah. And I don't... It's never quite understood. They're just cheering seeing the people. I, no, it is that. And I think it's it's the... Um, it's, yeah, how many people there are. The culmination of, like, oh, everyone is here. Everyone is represented. You know... It must have been one of the first episodes in the grand scheme of things. We vowed to not talk about Marvel. I was thinking of that. And I was thinking about the fact that, yeah, I think it's basically every episode. Yeah. And I feel like we're making the same points as well. A lot of the same points. But now, that's the thing. I feel... Because the thinking was, if you don't name the the school shooter, they won't get the notoriety and the fame they want. (laughs) Right. That's what that was. Like, we're not going to raise ourselves. Mm. No raise ourselves we're not gonna I, I meant like rise to the yeah, yeah. bait oh yeah, yeah. Not, not, no, not, no 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 we're not gonna lower ourselves to it but now I do feel responsibility to talk about it <laughs> because after last year when there were nine or ten however many shows yeah. and films they must be stopped we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room that has to be a, that's, a, that's gonna be an anomaly right I that, doubt it there being nine or ten Marvel things I highly doubt because that was everything had been delayed because of COVID as well okay Okay, maybe it's a slight uptick. Yeah. But I reckon there'll be five or six. Uh, they'll yeah, still yeah. be too much. Yeah. They'll still be <laughs> still far be too, too much. much. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there being nine or ten, that, that is, like, obscene. Yeah. Like, the amount that they've got. So, yeah, we're not going to... We're not going <laughs> to... We're going to get away from Marvel. Let's get away from Marvel. Not, we don't want to become the Marvel complainy people. I'm okay with it. No, yeah, we have other things to say But as we well. do have other things to say. Yeah. Such as... How was your Christmas? It was all right. Yeah, I had a turkeyless Christmas. Okay, which was not, not all right. No, yeah, that bit was not all yeah. right. Yeah, my aunt and uncle and cousin they come over every Christmas mm. to our house, and the division of labour is they do the meat, we do the veg and the gravy and everything else, and then they bring the meat over and the meal is one. Yeah, at last it yes. is one. Um, but then twenty minutes before they were supposed to turn up, they rang us and said, "Look, we're all." We've all got COVID. Mm. Should, uh, should we still come over? Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> no, you stay in the house. Yeah. So, like, the payoff was... I don't want it to sound like, just in case they do end up listening to this for some reason. <laughs> some if. lunatic shows yeah. this to them. It's not like, oh, like, I would feel so on edge when they're here at Christmas. Mm. But, like, when you have people over your house, mm. you do end up just end up filling the role of, like, host, don't you? Yeah. It's like, there are people in my house. I have to keep them... They're in entertained. my yeah. I have to keep them yeah. entertained and comfortable. Like they're in my house. I yes. have to, you know. And there was none of that, so it was a far mm. more relaxed Christmas right. that we had, which was nice. That we mm. could do it at our own pace, and we had like enough food for seven, but between four people, that was really good. Yeah, it did mean we had to defrost some frozen chicken, and then have like recently yeah. defrosted chicken for our Christmas dinner. But you know, I, it was I don't know because like I said to you at the time that I feel like we kind of got the better end of the deal. I know turkey is Christmas, and no turkey is not is not Christmas. Yeah. But I think you're more screwed if you're out without veg and gravy on Christmas Day than you are with a turkey. Definitely not. Why not? A Christmas meal is as much the veg as it is the meat. No, it's not. You're, you've gone mad with all this stuff. What do you mean I've gone mad with all it's this? It's not. It's important. Yes, it's important mm. to make it a proper dinner. Yeah. But it's not as important as the turkey, is it? Turkey no, the is... Tur- the turkey... Like, oh, name, a, name a Christmas food. Uh, uh, broccoli. No. Sprout. Sprout. You could have said sprout. Yeah, but it's not, though, is it? Turkey is the Christmas food. No, I know. Yeah. I'm not underselling the importance <laughs> of turkey. You're overselling the importance of veg. I don't think I am. So you think 
you're more so if like it's less Christmassy. You come over to your to your father's on Christmas Eve, and he's like, "Sam, yeah. there's a plate of turkey." Yeah, that's it. That's all you get. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be unusual. Yeah. But I would go, well, at least it's turkey. At least it's Christmas. Mm. I mean, I have all the other stuff with Sunday roast dinner. Nah, but not like... No, do you know what I don't... It's different on Christmas, You're certainly though. not more screwed if you don't have the vegetables. Well, you it's not a meal anymore. No. If you're talking about all the vegetables together... Yeah. We have to find an alternative to turkey on Christmas Day. Well, we're not going to find turkey, but we can certainly find no, the meat that will work for the meal. No, okay. I will, As opposed to, oh, we have to rela- we have to replace the potatoes and the peas yes, and the gravy and the carrots and the parsnips and all that. It's certainly easier to replace the meat than all of the veg. Mm. I will concede that. Yeah. Yes. But I don't think it's I don't think it's more Christmas worthy if you have all the veg but not the turkey. If you know what I mean. I will admit that it's your yeah, you 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 have the you have the better end of the deal if you have the various things that you were supplying and you're lacking one thing. Mm. But that one thing happens to be the most important thing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And like we both came out of Christmas worse off for it. Both parties. Yes. And look, uh, Turkey my father gives me a turkey crown mm. and I'll have like turkey baguettes on Christmas Eve mm. and then you have your dinner and then you just dip into it the yeah. rest of it so the turkey itself can you know you can have turkey rolls or turkey yeah but not sandwiches. on Christmas day not for your Christmas lunch not for your Christmas no but turkey it's still it applies more broadly than just the, the dinner well, you can have a fryer. That's what we tend to do. We have, right. we have our Christmas dinner, and then whatever's left over, we do it as a fry up the right. following day. Okay, which can be just as enjoyable as like the meal, because obviously, like mm. you, typically, we'd have turkey with that as well. Yes, and other meats as well. No, actually, it was the it was the pigs and blanket that I missed. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. Like I, I, like I, it was a, it was a bit like oh, no turkey on Christmas. That's a bit not traditional. But it was the pigs and blanket that I actually really missed I'm when I was sure eating the meal. I'm not sure if I had pigs. And, I usually do. My, my father's a butcher, mm. so it's usually loads of meats. Yeah. <laughs> it's beef. It's usually beef, turkey, and pigs in blanket. Okay. This year there was no beef. It was pork, and I don't even really like pork. Okay. So I don't know what he's playing out there. Pork or gammon? It was pork. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah it wasn't. It wasn't gammon. Yeah. Um, I don't think we had pigs in blanket though. But I was helping him up his shop, and he was like, "Oh, anything you want to take with you?" And I just took an industrial-sized bag. Of pigs in blankets. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have pigs in blankets oh, right. in the freezer. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, so... And I'm assuming that, w- that wasn't an invitation. What? You declaring that you had pigs in blanket. Oh, uh, no. No. Of course not. Yeah, of course not. Oh, shit, those, am I? I just, I just said that I missed my pigs in blanket this year. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have plenty. I have loads for loads of people. I Loads. Loads for loads of people that I'm going to eat alone. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, Christmas was uneventful. I have nothing to say about it, really, other than it's dead. It really is over now. Oh, because it wasn't dead last year for you. No. It, yeah, not as dead, certainly. it was. I was over it, mm. but I was able to... I don't, I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast last year or whatever, but that insincerity that you're supposed to have with people you don't really like, yeah, extended family or just random people that you're having dinner with... Mm. I have dinner with, there's no way they're going to listen to this. My father, his housemate, <laughs> and uh, his housemate's mum. Yeah, yeah. And this, this, she's just not pleasant company. She's okay. Just, she's not like a bad and un- un- horrible person. It's just, she's mo- moany. And right. she's kind of uh, just a nuisance. She gets in the way and okay. she doesn't help, but you know, that kind of thing. 
But last year, 2020 Christmas, when I went there, I was able to walk in and go, Merry Christmas, die. Name's Diane. Mm. I wasn't telling her to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she went, uh, oh, Merry Christmas, love. And it was like, it felt fake, but comfortable fake. Okay. Usually I'd be socially awkward about having to do something like that. Mm. But was like, oh, that's adulthood now. Okay. It could be insincere, sincerely. And that was God. I just didn't give a shit this year. Right. I just didn't want to be there. <laughs> I wanted the food. Yeah, yeah. But now Christmas is just a good meal for me. Okay. The presents are, you know, they're socks and they're all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not massive on eating loads of chocolate and roses and all that anymore. Mm. So it's just a good meal and then take me home. Right. Like that's I'm good. Now. Okay. I just want to put the stuff away, throw all the plastic and paper in the bin and take the tree down mm. and restart. That's okay. what I want. The day I was looking forward to most was we're recording this on the fourth of January. Mm. Was yesterday, the third, a Monday. It's like, oh, it's gonna be the first normal week again. Right, okay. Like normal routine and normal even, even though that was a bank holiday. I don't work, so it's it's all the same to me. <laughs> no. Yeah, so, but, you know, this, it'll be back to a normal routine now. Okay. And that's what I couldn't wait for. Just, right, okay, weekly cinema releases, what are they? Mm. Let's watch them. Yeah. Like, just back to normal. Yeah. So, no, I think it was, um, I think, I'm going to say that you did tell that story last year on the podcast. Yeah. About going over and being like, you know, Merry Christmas. And I think you were nicer about it. Well, that's because I was in the zone. I was going to say, yeah. maybe that's, a, yeah, that alone is an indication of, like, how much your opinion and your mood has changed over the course yeah. of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, Christmas was just, like, whatever for you. It was a whatever. Okay. It was a nice dinner. Like, I deliberately, usually I, when we first left school, our year would reunite every Christmas Eve mm. in the local Spoons. Yeah. And then year by year, it just receded and receded, and it just doesn't happen anymore. Mm. Before it was nine years ago that we left school <laughs> but yeah so we would go out and then I'd have Christmas dinner and be hungover mm. and then the first year I didn't go I was like oh this is much better <laughs> so Christmas but I would usually have like turkey rolls or something in the morning ah right this year I ate nothing like no I'm only eating the meal okay I was able to finish it I finished it anyway I'm not obviously I did but I was to finish it I'm not a coward it was I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fucking pussy <laughs> I was going to say something else then. I was going to say a word started with F. Yeah, right, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, Louis C.K., watching too much Louis C.K. Oh, right. Uh, but it was, I was going through stages, and like I was announcing them as it happened. I was like, okay, stage one, and you start tucking in. Mm. Stage two is when you, you're a bit full now. Mm. You're a little bit full. And then stage three is when you are full, but you haven't finished the meal. Right. And then you start getting the sweats, and there's various stages. Yeah. Uh, you know, unbuttoning the jeans or whatever, mm. letting your stomach hang out. And I just, the, my tactic was, I'm going to outrun my appetite. I'm going <laughs> right. to eat quickly enough that okay. I can eat everything without my body realizing, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. So I just fucking, th- I enjoyed it, mm. but I just w- sprinted through it. Okay. And it was nice. That was it. Okay. That was Christmas. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about New Year? Uh, New Year was a bit different, yeah, because we were both in each other's company for that. We were. Well, well, what did we do, Sam? What did we do? What did we do to see in twenty twenty two? Well, we were with a friend of ours. We were. We stayed in my house. We did. We did a quiz. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in our defence, we're basically back in lockdown again. 
Like all the nightclubs and clothes and everything. I wouldn't have wanted to do that. But anyway. I was going to say that's that's like implying that we would have gone out anyway, and I don't think we would have. No, done with that. Yeah. Nice little. I was speaking to someone I went to university with the other day. I said I'm at the age now where, quite I'm in quiet night in age. Yeah. And now we're only 27, 26, or but it's yeah. like, uh, I have kind of done that. I don't really. Mm. There's nothing to be gained from it. I suppose the next phase now is like. I remember when we used to go out when we were younger. We should do that again. Yeah, it'll be novelty now. It'll yeah. be, oh, we haven't gone out for months and months. Let's go out. And it is good when you do that, to mm. be fair. Because when you go out, like, 18 to 21 or, like, every week, and then when I was 22, 23, and I was living in halls mm. every day, basically, yeah. or every other day, you go out. And you're just going out for the sake of it. Mm. And you don't enjoy it. And you're always, you're always expecting something. Mm. Because, you know, people go like, oh, maybe I could get laid. That's what the yeah. thing that dominates a lot of it. And now it's like the last time I went out sort of for my birthday, there were two of us at the end, for yeah. most of it, two of us not hitting on anyone, like not doing anything like that. And it was just fine. Wouldn't most of, wouldn't there some people come up to you and be like, what are you doing here, Grandpa? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, because we realized like, right, if the bulk of the people here are 18, 19, hmm. We are going to look much older, for mm. one. They do look significantly younger. They do. And most of them were born after Finding Nemo. Yeah. And that's when you go, <laughs> right, yes, it's a different generation. There were songs, like when I was there, because the, the particular place we were in, they were playing music, but they also had like music videos on screens to accompany it. Yeah, that's new, yeah. But there were songs that like I didn't recognize at all. Right. But they were getting a reaction from the crowd. In the same way that like when Mr. Brightside comes on. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, here's the thing. And then they, they do the Mr. Brightside thing. Yeah. There were songs that there was like generating a similar reaction. Yeah. And I had no idea what the songs were. So it's like, oh, Can God. you remember any of them? No, no, I, I have no I idea. I just know. Yeah. It's not, even, it's not even a case of like, um, I knew the artist, but I don't know the name. Like, I know nothing about these, this music. I, yeah. But, I don't remember feeling that. No, but, but the, the point I was going to make is like, have we reached the age now where like, in the same way that. If you're going to go out to a certain place, Mr. Brightside's got to be on the playlist. Bohemian Rhapsody's got to be on the playlist. Is there like yeah. a whole generation of music that is now like, oh, that's got to be on the playlist because everybody knows that. Well, it's just, I'm too old for it. There are songs like, I think they played all the small things maybe or a Blink-182 song in a way. Yeah. And you go, okay, we that's nostalgic for us mm. even if we don't like it because we were six, seven, eight and we kind of grew up with that song. Yeah, yeah. And for them, it's old music yeah it's music before they were born mm. and oh, why don't they play anything that i know here like right. that kind of music yeah and i mean i think i did a thing the other day it was like there's like an online quiz site that just every now and again i dip into and they have a quiz of the day mm. and it was name it gave you every number one of 2021 right and you had to guess the artist and I didn't know any like i guessed ed sheeran because he's a person mm. i couldn't ascribe a song to him I think I guessed Taylor Swift or someone like that. Yeah. But I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't know most of the people mm. that would... Uh, music, I'm out of it. Yeah. Uh, pop music, like that. Not, not a clue. Mm. I have been for a while. And I'm happy about that because <laughs> I was in the car going down to Cardiff for like a, a couple of months ago and Radio 1 was on and I couldn't tell genuinely not being crotchety and uh, I couldn't tell where one song ended and another began. Mm. Like when they didn't have a link between songs and they just went straight to the next song. Not a clue. It's all just over auto-tuned women 
being profane mm. and talking about like sucking dick and all that but like from an empowered standpoint yeah that's what most pop music seems to be now because every other word was muted I was Which, like, why, like, why bother even yeah, writing these songs? Yeah, I know. Like, I have a, I have a problem when they... Um, God, we are old men. I, <laughs> I, I have a problem when they... You, really... you were talking about Spider-Man and you wanted them to turn up the volume in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear you! <laughs> Left my hearing aids at home. Um, no, like, I have a problem when they release green band trailers for, like, 18 movies. 15, yeah. 18 plus movies. It's like, no, it's not for you. Right. You can't legally go watch this. Why is there a trailer for you? It's like a wink, isn't it? Because they know that kids are going to seek it out. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. So the fact that like the like the popular music that all the kids are buying now, yeah, it's like oh, you can't listen to it in public. Yeah. Well, what's the fucking point the of point? the music? Then? Yeah, you can't listen to it in the day. Yeah, on the radio. Like yes. radio, like what was it? Killing in the name of Rage yes. Against the Machine. That was like a, a novelty. That was like a cultural moment. That was. it was, yeah, because it beat the the X Factor one that I really fucking hated as well. Well, that's the thing. It had, like they'd set the pattern every Christmas number yeah. one. It was the X Factor winner. Yeah, and and the UK stood up and went no, and yeah. they voted Rage Against the Machine. And like they were going on all the radio stations, and obviously there's that like the the final chorus of that or the final bit of that song, and the radios were like. Almost like to reassure the audience, like mm. before they play the song, they'd have like the singer come on and say, "Now you're not gonna yeah. play after a certain point, are you?" And he'd go like, "No, of course not." Yeah, and then they fucking did, and then they would. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They called Rage Against the Machine. It just showed, like the utter. I'm not saying it's big and clever to do it. Don't get me wrong. It's like, yeah, go on the radio and swear. But it's a band called Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, what do you expect? What do you expect? You know, imagine well, if they had censored themselves. One of their music videos is them getting arrested for real. Yeah, like for real. Like actually yeah. getting arrested. Yeah, because they beat Joe McEldry, didn't they? I think it was Joe. Was it him or Alexandra Burke? I think it was Joe McEldry. Okay. And I hated Joe McEldry. Right. And the fact I remember his name is proof of that. Because mm. who's, where's he? But... Yeah, the thing I remember about that weird tangent about the rage, the, the killing in the name of number one thing, is the next Now That's What I Call Music album came out, mm. the Christmas kind of version. Yeah. And it wasn't on there. I, I know, like, it wouldn't fit in with any of the music. Mm. But I was thinking, well, that's, be consistent. Yeah. It's either what was genuinely, like, the charts, because that's what that's supposed to be. Yeah, it's the chart, yeah, the number one's in the chart. Yeah. Or it's charts that's also kind of poppy music. Mm. No, you can't do that. No. <laughs> Just put it on there. Okay, like, people who don't want to listen to it aren't going to listen to it. Yeah. But be consistent. But yeah, what else did we do for New Year? We did the quiz. We did drank a quiz. Drank a little bit. Yeah, then drank a little bit. And then, and then we watched the film. We, You made us watch. I didn't make you watch. You made us watch. <laughs> I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> that was our... Our New Year entertainment. Yeah. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Why? Was well, we it? wanted to watch a bad film. We did. And not... so Adam Sandler sprang to mind. Yeah. And then I just... I remember seeing that film when I was a kid. And knew obviously it's about two best friends that get married for financial reasons, basically. Mm. They're straight. Yeah. And they have to plan to be gay. And just that, like in the age in which we now live, I thought, oh, I wonder what that, how that lands mm. now in the current context. Especially when you've got someone who is as like odious yeah. as Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like at, at the time, like because this film came out when uh, the people were a bit more relaxed about these type of topics. Yeah, there yeah. Was still you people... didn't get cancelled for making Yeah, exactly. There were yeah, still yeah. people who spoke out against it, but you could make a film yes. like that. But it's Adam Sandler. Yeah. So it's like, right, this is uh, this is going to be dreadful, or it's going to be like, God, even Adam Sandler. Yeah. Was like, got it right. He did. Yeah. No, he didn't. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible film. It's a terrible film. But yeah, we watched that, 
And then when it approached midnight, like a minute or two away, yeah. I paused the film. And then we stood up to Auld Lang Syne. Mm. And we all saluted. <laughs> you, you know, like, it, it, those that kind of moment you have with your friends where you all realise, like, oh, a bit is happening. We're doing this now, We're yeah. committing to this bit. Yeah. Like, no no pre-planning or anything. It's just like, no, no, no. you're in the moment, like, right, we're all standing up now. Okay, we're all saluting. Yeah. Okay, we're all looking at Rob Schneider's <laughs> Asian face and saluting it to the yeah. tune of Old Lang Syne. Because we were staring at the TV, obviously. Because it was playing on the Alexa, which is right in front of the TV. Yeah. So we're kind of saluting... I don't think saluting the new year in. I think we were saluting... Like It was just... It, like, it just felt like a particularly patriotic version of Old Lang Syne. It kind of. It wasn't that for me. It was sort of like when the Titanic, when the captain goes down with a sinking ship. Oh, right. Okay. It's like that 2021, you're going oh, down Oh, we were saluting 2021 off rather than 2022. Yes. In. I see. Yeah, we were okay. going down with the ship. No, was I, I was saluting Rob Schneider's Asian face. Oh, you were actually saluting it? <laughs> Well, that, that's what it must have looked like, right? If somebody said walked someone in, walked into the room and just seen what we were doing, because we'd ordered food and uh, thankfully it showed up before midnight. Yeah, but yeah, if he like knocked on the door and like come in to deliver the food yeah. at midnight, he would have just seen us three grown men, what looking at Rob Schneider in Asian face, pulling a, a funny face, yeah, saluting it to the tune of Old Lang Syne, just standing there, <laughs> yeah. And you, like, was the version that you played an extended version? Or did it just last a really... It felt like we were there for like 10 minutes, just saluting. No, it was just the full... I think most people, it's just the one... It's just that bit that they play. Yeah. We just listen to the song. It's not a long version. Okay. It's only four, four minutes or so. Right. It just, it's every verse and with the chorus and everything, you know? It was still long enough for us to just be like, this is fucking ridiculous. Oh, it was ridiculous, yeah. yeah. We were in hysterics, to be fair. Yeah. Just, I haven't laughed that much. <laughs> Your face just disappears into itself. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's how we saw in 2022. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a harbinger in some way. <laughs> the things <laughs> the to come. The of things to yeah. come. Yeah, well, I guess that's that remains to be seen. The question now is, do we do a coming up here? What, 50 minutes in? <laughs> exactly. I guess I just have to do it at the beginning. Yeah, it's one of those episodes. Yeah. Okay. You probably figured it out by now, audience. But if the coming up is like the first thing you hear, yes. this, this is why... <laughs> It's because we yeah. didn't plan and we ended up talking for 50 minutes and we're like, right, well, we can't do a coming up now. Yeah. That happens too often, I think. It does. Yeah, it's certainly become a pattern. Oh, here we go. No, no, you can <laughs> you can have a pattern. I know. You can have a pattern. I, I know you can. Okay. I'm just but making what, sure you But know. whenever you say it, I do think, oh. Yeah, well, that's you. I think everyone else as well. Everyone well, who listens. Well, they shouldn't. Because <laughs> what have I, other than, like, the big ones. The moon... The moon. What was my thing with the moon? That's getting bigger. Well, it is. It's not. That's not a pattern, though. The moon getting bigger is not a pattern. Okay, because it's one. Then. It's one thing. Yes, fine. It's one event that is definitely it's, happening, and right. you're all ignoring it. But yeah. anyway, okay. You got the moon. You got the chocolate orange. Yeah. What else have you got? I feel like you bring it up a lot. Well, you or you try to identify patterns where there aren't any. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you do. Should we do a film review? <laughs> oh, you just trying to. <laughs> Steer me off course, are you? Yeah, I'm trying to fucking get on with it. <laughs> oh, like, like, just to wrap up Sonic, like the only other yeah. thing coming out this year is a new game. Oh, right, okay. So that's it. So okay. The film, TV show, the game. One of each. Okay. Will they all be tar- terrible? Well, the film remains to be seen. Um, yeah, you're, you're open-minded about that. <laughs> <laughs> the show, I genuinely don't know. I th- I, who's writing it? I think it's like the people who did Ben 10. I never watched Ben oh, 10. I clue. 
So I don't know yeah. if it's uh, it's going to be any good. And the game is like it. It seems to be a break from the norm, mm-hmm. which can go either way. It can either be like, oh, they've like gone in a new direction and it's worked, or it's like, right, they should have stuck to what they know. Yeah. But they're doing they're doing an open world Sonic, okay, which is like a lot bigger than anything they've done before. So yeah, that'll be it, interesting. It could really go either way. The thing is, though, they seem to have taken inspiration. I know this is not going to be much to you. I'll mm-hmm. try and like explain it as I go. They've taken inspiration from The Legend of Zelda. Right. Specifically from Breath of the Wild, which is like a game that came out in 2017. An open world Zelda. Okay. Which again was like, oh, they've never done this before. And it was like a very um, melancholic, relaxed experience compared to like previous Zelda games. Because mm-hmm. it was just you alone in, the, in this massive open world. And like the gimmick was that you could explore... Mm-hmm. And you could level up and you can like gain experience and equipment and you can go to the dungeons and you can acquire companions that will help you in the final fight. Or, as soon as you leave the tutorial, you can just go fight the final boss. Right. And if you're good enough, you can beat the game okay. straight away. Okay. It's one of those like open-ended, you make your own experience sure. kind of things. And they have like a, a far more relaxed, again, kind of melancholic tone to... It's like when, you know, you played Shadow of the Colossus, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those kind of moments where you're just sort of, like on the horse going to the next colossi. It's that kind of tone. Red Dead too. I mean, that's Red Dead as well. Red Dead's a perfect the, uh, facsimile. Yeah, one of my favorite things about video games is that element. Mm. Where, like, I know it sounds almost pathetic, but that loneliness. Mm. I like that element of games where mm. it is just you in this open universe. You know. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. And, it, and that it did very very well. I think it won Game of the Year, Breath of the Wild. When oh it came right. Out. So a lot of like franchises are trying to do that kind of open world now and it seems like Sonic is doing that he's doing like a Breath of the Wild style to the point where like Amy where it seems like now she's like basically the, the, the second lead okay so it's like right they're even doing like a, yeah. a Zelda facsimile well I, I don't I tonally yeah I was gonna say I can't imagine much of a tonal crossover yeah it's gonna be weird having like a contemplative a melancholic Sonic game as he zooms yeah. Yeah. so I don't know like it's we've, we've seen very little of it I've no idea how it's going to turn out I'm encouraged by the fact that they are like they're going in a new direction and like everything we know every piece of like marketing that's been released about this thing they've said we're taking our time we've learned our lesson so I yeah. don't know question yeah <laughs> Dwight question <laughs> um I, I can imagine that the thought of it is poison to developers because it's like, are you just thinking too outside the box? But you know, like in TV shows that are about brothers, mm. it always ends up they're not brothers. Yes. Toward the end. Yeah. Has there ever been a Sonic game? I imagine they've probably done levels or something mm. where he loses his powers. And so there's no fast Sonic action. Um, Ish. I mean, there have been games where he's like slow. Right. Not necessarily, like, part of the story, just, like, the mm. game isn't very good, so he's, oh, right. like, a lot okay. slower as okay. a result. I think there was one game, but it was a spin-off. It mm. was called Sonic Labyrinth that came out, like, one of the 8-bit consoles, so, mm-hmm. like, you know, it was in the 90s. And it's, like, a little puzzle game where he's, like, wandering around, oh, like, a right. thing. Okay. And I think in the manual it says that, like, Eggman secretly swapped his shoes. <laughs> so now he's got shoes that make him slow. Okay. To sort of explain why they couldn't have a fast Sonic in a puzzle game. Yeah. So, like, if you count that, then yes. But not really. Not really. Okay. Should we do our film review? Okay, yeah. yeah. Let's, I think we're done with yeah. all, of, all of the preamble. All stuff. What are we going to talk about first? I can't imagine it being a long review, but should we do Being the Ricardos? Yeah, okay. 
So this is one of the things we cut. It is. From the four-hour Christmas special. Yes. Um, well, yeah, before recording it. Yeah, before recording. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't, like, this isn't, like, our second go-around, and we're not splicing an audio. No. This is, like... We first... didn't bother talking about it, because we knew how fucking long it would be. Yeah. Yeah. The episode. The episode, not, not, the review. not the review. Yeah, not much confidence in the review, if I'm honest. What do you mean? Like, this review. I, I'm worried that it's going to be... I, I suppose it's not, nothing to worry about, that it's going to be, like, quite pithy. <laughs> no, we should, that's what we should be, <laughs> we aiming for. be aiming for that. Yeah, but it's like out of character. It is. Maybe this will be it. Maybe this will be the it of 2022. We put in workable, listenable episodes. <laughs> yeah, our like content becomes manageable to a, yeah. to a listener. Not longer than Lord of the Rings every single time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's do being the Ricardos. Okay. What is being the Ricardos? Being the Ricardos is a film written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. I think it's an Amazon film. It is. It's an Amazon film. And it is about the behind the scenes of I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. I think in the first, second season, maybe, it's fairly early on. Yeah, like at the height of the show's popularity. Yeah, it's the biggest thing on television. Cultural icon. Hmm. Lucille Ball and her husband. What's his real name? Demi something. Desi Arnaz. Desi Arnaz. Yeah. And he plays Ricky Ricardo in the show, her mm. husband. It's a 50s sitcom, you know, it's the Honeymooners, it's that yeah. kind of vibe. Not funny to us, basically. <laughs> well, where have you been? <laughs> yeah, so over the top. Yeah. Uh, kind of the one, what One Division was doing in its first couple of episodes. Okay. And it's about the behind the scenes of the show, because she's accused of being a communist mm. and how, how that's affecting the show. And her marriage with Desi, because he's accused of having an affair. Mm. And it's it's a week in the life of that marriage and that show. Yeah, it's, it's like surprisingly rigidly structured. Yeah. Because there seem to be th- there's three prongs, right? I think there's three. We'll see now. We'll see if I'm correct. Of the narrative, you mean? Yeah. Right. So you have, as you say, it's set over the week of production. So mm-hmm. from the Monday table read to the Friday shoot. Yes. You start with... I sub- No, actually, you start with... The three writers? Or just people who worked on the show? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's a writer. Oh, it's yeah, a writer, a producer, and a... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are they actors or are they the real people? They're actors. They're actors, okay. Yeah. So they're actors being interviewed as though they were the real people. Do you know what? Let me just qualify that. I don't know that they're actors, mm. but one of them I know is an actor, and I've seen her in loads of things. Okay. So I'm assuming... And the way they talked, it felt like scripted interview like they weren't really just talking about the... yeah well they've got that um that aaron sorkin briskness about them yeah exactly they? it's which yeah. you wouldn't really have if you were doing like just a like just talk to me yeah so i assume that they're they're actors okay yeah yeah so you have actors playing like older versions like present day versions of a couple of characters from the show yeah where they're sort of giving you a bit of context about the behind the scenes yeah the behind the scenes so like it open the film opens with them being interviewed and it says the like a popular TV show nowadays draws, what, like 10 million views? Mm-hmm. I Love Lucy, at the height of its popularity, 60 million views. Yeah. So it's like giving you context so you're not entirely lost. Yeah. Then it will show you the events that occurred on that day. Mm-hmm. So like the Monday table read, the Tuesday dress read, like all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it'll sort of go back to the actors briefly, the like older people, mm-hmm. talking about what Lucy and Desi will like when they met and then what their careers were like before I Love Lucy and then we sort of go back in flashbacks and see that yeah and that sounds like a lot but it's like every single every section of the film follows this formula exactly yeah yeah he seems to have 
he does that now. Yeah. That's where he, he juggles time and... Which is good. Yeah, it, it is. And I wonder if it's just a way for him to kind of like... Well, it's the way to do everything. Yeah. It's a way to be comprehensive. Yeah, just so, yeah. yeah, so the audience understand what's going on and just him to like consolidate everything that like, you know And you do need from some that context. era. Yeah, like we both heard of I Love Lucy. Yeah. I like know Lu- Lucy a ball, redhead, I know like all that I kind mean of like stuff. I went to film school, so they like I did a comedy module, so it obviously like was brought up yeah. and I saw episodes and I was yeah. told it was funny and I was lied to. Yeah, it's not funny now. No. Uh, but that's the thing. I hadn't seen anything of the show. I've mm. never seen an episode of I Love Lucy. You know, because I knew what to expect. It, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. But I don't have any context for the show itself. I went in this essentially being my first exposure mm. to it. Um, yeah, and so it is good to have that, like I said, that comprehensive history of everything. And of course I knew that the disparity and now the uh, show at its peak will get 10 and then yeah. you know proper water cooler television where like a sizable chunk of the country is watching it mm. uh yeah so what do we think of the film it's competent back to that word. <laughs> it's competently mounted it is most certainly those things it looks i'm not saying it looks good it's not one of those things but it looks kind of nice yeah i mean aaron it, sorkin he's 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 found like a perfectly serviceable style, hasn't he? Yeah. This does feel a bit like a script that was in a drawer. Like, oh, I'll make that. It feels mm. like Seven Psychopaths. Okay. It's like, oh, do you want to make another film? Oh, yeah, I've got this script. Okay. Do you know what I mean? It's like a a cool-down film almost. I'm not saying it's it was easy or anything like that, but the fact that Chicago 7 was 2020... Oh, it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly a step down from Chicago 7. Definitely a step down, which is obviously in the works for years and years and years. Yeah. The first I heard about this was, there's a film coming out with Nicole Kidman, Have You Bardem, Aaron Sorkin's writing and directing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Chicago 7 was on the boil for years. Mm. And so, it, and it does feel like that. It does feel like, oh, he's proven himself as a director now. Mm. And I think I said before we saw this, if he gets to make a film every year, that's fine with me. I get an Aaron Sorkin film a year. Yeah. But now I'm thinking maybe every two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give give it a, a minute. A yeah. bit of time to polish the scripts. And and that's not to say the script isn't good. It's a perfectly decent script. No, uh, it's, it's one of those scripts, um, sort of the opposite, really. It, it, in a way, maybe we should have uh, talked about it last episode because the French Dispatch is a good like counterpoint mm-hmm. to it. In, in the way that, like, that's a very fun script and there's a lot to enjoy about it, but it's deeply flawed yes. on a structural level. Yeah. This is sort of the inverse, where it's, like, mm-hmm. structurally, it's watertight. Yeah. There's a lot that the, the, the film introduces and a lot that the film shows you that all, like, matters or gets paid off. Yeah. I think you made the point with French Dispatch that it was sort of Wes Anderson junk food. Yeah. And I feel very much the same about this with Alan Sorkin. It's, like, it's not... It's by no means one of his best films... No. But if you're in the mood for Aaron Sorkin, this is perfectly serviceable. Yeah, it's not much substance. And it, that's the thing. It, it's put together really well. It zips along. Mm. It's well-written, well-structured, all that sort of thing. Yeah. But it just doesn't feel vital. No, absolutely not. You don't not. need it in your life. It's kind of disposable in that way. Yeah. It's just some Sorkin fun, you know? Mm. I think Eddie, we can name him by name because he's <laughs> he's, of the, he's of this parish. Yeah. Uh, he said that he just didn't give a shit. Right. I wouldn't go that far for myself, but I can understand where he's coming from. Like, yeah, but the story's not that, like, mm. significant. It's hyper-rarefied biopic. Mm. It's not like The Trial of Chicago Sam, which has all these implications. And not to say that being the Ricardos doesn't have larger themes, but it's very specific. Mm. 
Yeah, it's Sorkin. It's not quite pure Sorkin in that the French Dispatch is pure Anderson. Yeah. But it it is Sorkin doing what he wants nonetheless. That's what it feels like. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not like he's beholden to a director, obviously, because mm. he is the director. Yeah, it's a solid script. Um, I think going in blind was beneficial mm. because a lot of people have criticized Nicole Kidman's performance for being weird. Yeah. I don't know how close she is to the real woman, but... It, I didn't get quite get that. It's a bit weird because Nicole Kidman is trying to look young still, and yeah. it's starting to show. Yeah, but I, I didn't find it to be a weird performance. Obviously, when they they recreate scenes from I Love Lucy, she's very much trying to act in that fashion that you would yes. act. So very over the top, very hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do wonder if she's trying to emulate the real life Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. or whether she's putting her own spin on it because it doesn't feel like a natural performance no that's true you put but, it, but that, that said that show and those performances weren't exactly naturalistic no 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 that's <laughs> the thing like yeah. like when when you're seeing the show mm-hmm. like it completely makes sense and it's like it's not something I enjoy it's not the type of acting I enjoy no. but I like at least like she's capturing that very well and when she does the radio show and she's doing all of the movements to the crowds. That mm-hmm. feels very like, yeah, that feels appropriate yeah. for what she's doing. But then when she's just being a person, it's it, it feels slightly unnatural. I get that. I, I think one of the problems there is that Sorkin doesn't write naturalistic dialogue. Not. I know what you mean. Yeah, but he kind of does. I know what you mean as well. Yeah. Y- yeah, but it's not. It's not how people talk to each other. It's not realistic in that sense it's a Sorkin script it's it has its own rhythms and its own yeah presentation but like but like so when they meet for the first time she still has a monumental quality even though she's not in the show and it's just her in yeah her at that point in her life she's a nobody yeah really. and like she's those, past her prime you know yeah but those scenes are still written as fairly romanticized versions of history as though like the people involved knew it was going to be an important yeah, event. I know a lot of biopics do that, but I, it's kind of a bugbear of mine. I don't like that mm. in biopic. I don't like it when the actor is just doing an impression and they they look like the person and they and there's a bit of that. But part of that is the way Sorkin writes. He doesn't write normal people talking to each other. No, and that's absolutely yeah. fair enough. But the thing is, I buy. Javier Bardem. He's fab. Far more than I buy Nicole yeah. Kidman. And they're doing exactly... It's the exact same thing for both of them. I think part of that is purely that he... His face isn't contorted with... 50s? Plastic surgery. Oh, and plastic surgery, yeah. Well, he's... You know, it is it is different for a man and a, a woman, you know, in that mm. sense. Well, I say that. No, if they both age normally, then it's fine. <laughs> but he's just... He's going to look like that for a little while. He's a Spanish man. Yeah. He's a handsome Spanish man. He's not gonna. He's not gonna need plastic surgery. <laughs> I'm not saying Nicole Kidman does. I, I'm not down with that at all. But yeah, it's because he's just himself. There's no. There's no restrictions on his facial movements. Yeah. For one. Yeah, he's the best thing about the film. I would say. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, there's just a plausibility to it. even the, like I said, even though they're both subject to Aaron Sorkin's writing. Yeah. And they're both they they exist in the same era in roughly the same context. I know there's like obviously he's Cuban and like that comes yeah. into play a lot. Like the history, traumatic history that he's had boils mm-hmm. up to the surface a couple of times. Yeah, um, that was good. That was one of the rare moments of emotional where it hit emotionally at the end. When, oh, when he's screaming at her about communism. Yeah, yeah. You don't. Yeah, 
Because she she's technically a communist. Yeah, like 30 years ago, or however long it yeah. was, she ticked a box saying that she identified as a member of the Communist Party in like memory of her grandfather. Yeah, who was a lifelong supporter of the party. Now, I don't... We watched the film a while ago now, a little while ago. Yeah. Am I incorrect in thinking that the film is ambivalent about whether she is genuinely has those convictions? Like, she might actually believe some of it. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like the film, again, a while since I've seen yeah. it, um, and it's not the type of film I think either of us are planning to rewatch anytime soon. Anyway. No, 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 no. But I don't think the film really suggested enough either way for me to think that. No, fair. It's only because the fact that he explodes in that way would imply that he knows it's not just putting her name on a bit of paper. Yeah. Or the fact that she did that is enough. Yeah. Like you don't even go near it. Like it's just mm. you don't. But yeah, no, that was a great moment. Yeah, the thing I like about. With villains usually, right, who would be who are European or something. Americans, they just do European sort of yeah, Russian yeah. accent. Kind of... That was your Rami Malek impression then. Well, yeah. That, that, <laughs> exactly yeah. the same thing you did for yeah. Rami Malek. When yeah, we were doing that's what you were fucking doing. Yeah. Pan-European, pan-Asian, pan-whatever. And Pants. Pants. <laughs> and I like that Javier Bardem is doing an accent. Yeah. It's not like they were content to go, oh, it's Hispanic. It's Latino. Like, that's fine. Yeah. No, he's doing an accent. Like, in fact, in Collateral, he has a cameo in that film. Mm. I don't know if you remember. Not really. He's a Cuban crime lord, and he's doing an ac- a Cuban accent in that. Okay. It's like, yeah, I'm glad that he's actually... The nuances yeah. of the differences between the accents. It's not just a Spanish-esque yes. yeah, accent, yeah. you know. Oh, we hired a Spanish guy. That's all we need. Yeah, like, no, he, he did a thing. He committed to it, yeah. And oh, that, that's good. That's great. Um... I'm not quite understanding the J.K. Simmons love in the awards. See, this is the thing you told me. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all I knew going into the film, is that she's weird, apparently. Yeah. And J.K. Simmons is great. Or at the very least, he's like the best, he's the standout thing about yeah. it. No, Javier Bardem is the standout thing about it. J.K. Simmons, like, I don't even know if he's in it enough, really, to be no. considered a standout. And he doesn't really do anything. He's, he's not like... When I say he's just J.K. Simmons, I don't mean he's J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. But he is just J.K. Simmons, really. He's just a guy in a film. It's just... Yeah, no, I think after Whiplash, he's sort of fallen into that kind of... Yeah, that's what you were... The Michael Keaton to. thing, where he's like, he's just J.K. Simmons. And, like, yeah. that's working for now. Mm-hmm. I like seeing J.K. Simmons in things. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't feel like he's really pushing himself to do anything at the moment. I'm really surprised. I don't know where the nominations are coming from. Because Nicole Kidman's been reasonably nominated. She's playing an iconic figure. That's yeah. all that comes down to. And him. That's Those are the two nominations the film Yeah, not Bardem. Not Bardem. Has, it, has it been like because... a particularly strong year for male performances and he's just unlucky? Not personally. I yeah. mean, I would nominate him. I, I think it's just... He's overlooked because it's, it's Lucille Ball. Hmm. Like, is he supporting actor? Is he lead actor? He's lead actor. But even so, but, like, you know. would it be considered a favoritism for us to nominate Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem in, in their respective categories? I don't think so. No. I but yeah, so. he's the one that deserves... He's up for a Golden Globe. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. But he deserves more. Is J.K. Simmons just like... Oh, I guess he's like the... We had to pick a supporting actor, and I guess it's him. But there are so many films to choose from. It's not like being the Ricardos is one of the ten films that get all the nominations. It's mm. not in that camp. It's a film with those two things are being rewarded and a, ca- a couple of screenplay nods. Yeah. 
it's not like, I don't know, Belfast or The Power of the Dog where, yeah, yeah, everything. Mm. Everything in those films get nominated. No, it's not one of those. They are highlighting those elements from it, which yeah. is really strange. Yeah, no, he's he's been done a disservice, I think. Yeah. And it's fine, isn't it? Like, I get, it's kind of like the films. Like, I don't want people coming out of this to think that no. it's, like, bad. It's not a bad performance. No, it's no, not no, bad, no, isn't it? It's just not as good as people seem to think. It's just a fine... F- I guess maybe the only thing I can think of is, well, A's J.K. Simmons and he's won an award and they, they like, repeat yeah. nominees. And the, the, he's kind of a crotchety... What's, is he a writer? No, he's an actor. Oh, of course he is. Sorry, fucking dumb, dumb moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's an actor, and he's crotchety. And he's always like kind of sarcastic and quipping and all that. Hmm. And then he has a moment where he sits down with her for a drink, and he's very sincere. He's like, "You love each other." Blah, blah. That's the only thing I can think of. Is that there's that little turn? Yeah, but, and like at the beginning of the film, he's like, "Oh, if that kid was communist, I'd punch his lights out." Right. And then he doesn't have that attitude towards Lucille Ball, even though it's like she might be. We don't yeah. know yet. So it's, it's just like, a strange, so it's like oh he goes yeah. on a little journey that character just weird yeah I was worried yeah that it would be too meandering but yeah it's very cl- it has a very clear structure mm. clear arcs it resolves all those arcs yeah it's all wrapped up at the end yeah yeah one and done yeah I, w- yeah, I would say so yeah. as well that's, ultimately it's fairly disposable yeah I think that's everything to say about it really pretty much yeah, yeah. It, it's not a yeah it's not like a it's not a Spider-Man No Way Home where it's like and another thing no, God, no, no, no. It's Fine. just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Another Sorkin film. That's not a bad thing, but there are other Sorkin films that you are much, watch. much better. Yeah. Yeah. Should we do another film review? Another one? Yeah. Two in a row. Oh, we're spoiling them. Either that or we're starved for content. <laughs> <laughs> it is the beginning of the year, it, it you is, know? It is. God, this one might be under two hours. Um, don't say, don't go saying things like that. No, I know, I know. It'd probably be just over. I would have thought, but not three. Yeah. Okay. I could make no promises. <laughs> In, somehow, inevitably, <laughs> it will be, won't it? Okay, let's review Boiling Point. Okay, you've seen Boiling Point, first film of twenty twenty two. Yes, for you. Are you what? trying to establish a pattern, Sam? <laughs> okay, so I I did rec- I told you to watch this film for us to review. Yes. We haven't talked about it nope. since you've seen it. No. Nope. So is this like an I care a lot situation? Well, this is what I mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> I opened our I care a lot review by saying this is the first film I saw of 2021 and it might be a contender for best film of the year. Okay. I've, I've got very much the same opinion about Boiling Point. I'm very glad. I thought you'd really like it. It's a good film. <laughs> it's a very good film. It's a film. good film. Yeah, it's incredibly good. It's incredibly. Is that all we say? Like, I mean, I, it's, it's like, harder to talk about things that are good, isn't it? It's not just that, but it's it's one of those instances where this is not like a spoilery film in the sense that, like, obviously, like stuff that happens towards the end, you don't want to give it away. No, but the film is an experience, and to talk about it is almost to ruin or at least calibrate someone's expectations of the experience before they experience it. Yes. Okay. Well, let's premise it briefly. Okay. So it is about a London restaurant yeah. on the busiest night of the year. Black Friday. Yeah. Black Friday. British British Black Friday. British Black Friday. Yeah, it's a British film. Yeah. And the kitchen Which just stuff. in case, because uh, I don't know if we get international audience at all. Because <clears throat> this yeah. is the thing we talk about a lot as well, is like us taking things from America. It's like, oh, well, we've got two Black Fridays now. Yeah. Because the American Black Friday is the one with all the deals, all mm-hmm. the bargains. Our Black Friday is the last drinking day before Christmas. Yeah. 
like the last Friday night or last Saturday night before. No, last not Friday night, Black Friday. Yeah. It's the last Friday <laughs> it's the last Friday night before Christmas. Everybody goes out for a drink. Right. It's immensely busy everywhere. Yes. The film takes place on Black Friday. Yeah. And it's about the kitchen staff and the waiting staff, the work of this restaurant, just dealing with it. Yeah. Um The thing that sort of kicks off the film is they have a food health inspector there. Yeah. And he kicks them down from a five star to a three star. Yes. So tensions were already frayed yes. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But now that they've been kicked down to a three, everyone's a bit like, oh, okay, this is not a great start. Yeah, Boiling Point is a very apt title. Yeah, it's sort of the perfect... It's almost yeah. like you come up with the title, then you come up with the film, because it's such a like perfect title. Yeah, yeah. And it transcends its punniness. Yeah, it really does. It's No, yeah, Boiling Point. Yeah, because you see a film, oh, it's Boiling Point, it's in the kitchen, oh, okay. Yeah. But no, 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 no. Yeah. No. <laughs> No, definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Graham plays the head chef. Yeah. So I was already, like, invested at this point. Yes, because it's Stephen Graham. Do Americans know Stephen Graham? I suppose yeah, they Empire, right? And he's, he's in he's in Scorsese films now, isn't he? He was in The Irishman. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but mainly British actor, yeah. Mm. Like, yeah. Well, he's good, isn't he? It's, uh, <laughs> There's nothing else to say just, about it. Well, let's try. It's nice to see him native. It's been a while since I've seen him native, because he's Liverpudlian. Yeah. And it's been a while since I've seen him as a Liverpudlian. He's such a fantastic, naturalistic actor. Mm. He's one of the best, yeah. I think. He's seen, and because he's using his native tongue, yeah. it just seems so real. I don't... Oh, like, I should point out, this is a one-shot film. I was good building up to oh, that, okay. but yeah, yeah this yeah. is the big selling point. Yeah. This is a one-take film. Yeah. Not a faux one-take film. No. Not like a... Trick photography what's it called episode 6 of uh, Hill House uh, Two Storms yeah it's not a Two yeah. Storms or Birdman or Birdman yeah. where it's still very impressive but they do cheat it yeah this is uncheated yes this is legitimately an hour and a half one take real time which was filmed the day before we went into lockdown in 2020 oh was it so it wasn't just like you think they're up against yeah. it in the film <laughs> <laughs> they were up against it in real life as well. They had, like, that day to film it, and that was it. Really appropriate title. Yeah. And yes, and it's... Obviously, I imagine that there are elements of the the dialogue that are kind of improvised. Little bits here and there. I know, saw, I, weirdly enough, I saw, like, an article on it, like, after I watched it, and they said that, like, they wrote a script... They wrote a framework script, but mm. a lot of the dialogue is improvised. Okay. But, like, when you were saying about uh, Stephen Graham being naturalistic, I was immediately sold on, like the tone of the film like when he's on the phone because it starts with him like walking to the restaurant yeah. while he's on the phone to someone and then when he's like hanging up the phone he goes alright ta 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 yes just like that very rapid yeah. like I was like I'm immediately like I am, I trust this film already and just in terms way, of like the performances the way like because he shouts at the staff yeah and he's like sorry I didn't mean that sorry you know it just seems very yeah. genuine oh like, yeah he like proper like shouts at them and then he's like trying to make it up to them but in a way that yeah I've seen that yeah I know that guy he's just oh he's so good <laughs> he's such a good actor and yeah it doesn't feel improvised it's not one of those like no oh yeah they were riff no it feels very scripted little moments aside mm. I I only saw one. I won't even call it a mistake. Was it a beef? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. People stutter and they say the wrong thing. It's not like it detracted from the experience. Yeah. And given it's an hour and a half, and not just an hour and a half one shot film, mm. which is impressive in and of itself, with a lot of moving parts. They're cooking food. <laughs> They're cooking food. Like I, I haven't. I think it's called Victoria, right? That's a one take film. 
isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Victoria, but I remember seeing a review on Victoria. There was like a YouTube that I, I mm-hmm. like, I discovered him and I was going through his back catalogue. Mm-hmm. And I saw his review on Victoria and he said that like, the thing that really damaged the film for him is there's a scene in Victoria where a character plays the piano. Right. And they're clearly faking it. Ah, right. Okay. It's like, I understand that practically, like you, that's a big risk having a character play a musical instrument in the yeah. film. But that's what makes one take films impressive. Yeah, what's the point then? Yeah, I know that we kind of like occasionally were critical of like films where it's like, oh, the, it was impressive that they pulled this off. Like yeah, Lord of like, the Rings, that's right? the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not impressed by this. Is what Stephen Merchant says. I'm not impressed by good time management. Yeah, yeah. But like the, I'm generally not a fan of one because it just draws attention to itself. Yeah. And you go, I mean, I didn't know going in it was a one shot film. Okay. I think I realized maybe 10 minutes oh it's the same shot that's mm. impressive and then it just didn't stop yeah but it's not one of those films where you're constantly going oh how impressive mm. you're so in the action yeah and the relationships between the characters it just feels like well yeah that's how you would make this film mm. you'd make it in a one shot way it's sort of like Birdman in the sense that I think the idea with Birdman was that it's the sort of show like the how non-stop theatre is yeah. and just the the franticness of theatre mm-hmm. And it's a simple, like, yeah, that's how you film this film because this film is just like, it's got its like hand on the tension dial. Yeah. And it's just turning it <laughs> all, to all yeah. the way. Like, it keeps going past yeah. 11. It's just still, oh, still going. Yeah. Yeah. When I, we obviously won't say how it ends because we are hypocrites with spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if we like the film, we won't tell you. Yeah, yeah. What happens at the very end, I feel like that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> And the film, not in the same way. No, no, no. Just, yeah. just, just in in that, you know. Yeah. That motion. I feel like that's what I wanted to do. And it yeah. was kind of nice. Like British films are often like more subtle fare anyway, mm-hmm. right? Than certainly than like American yeah. films. Yeah. But yeah, you you sent you give someone the premise. It's like oh, it's a one shot film set in a kitchen on the busiest night of the year, and everyone's on edge. Yeah. It's like oh, like things are gonna end up on fire oh and yeah someone's gonna get stabbed and it's gonna be no no it's no. it's not like there's no real like cathartic release at any point it's just ratcheting tension for 90 minutes yes um the biggest thing that happens is someone gets uh an allergic reaction yeah there's no yeah there are no fireworks really and we can't like we're downplaying the like severity of that moment oh yeah don't get, don't get me wrong it's a big moment yeah yeah and it's just about the relationships between the the implied relationships more than anything else, which is that one of my well. favourite things about yeah. it, is, yeah, they know each other. Yeah. And, yeah, they have that relationship. And we don't get to see all of it because mm. we're just glimpsing this life. But yeah, um, it activated some PTSD in me. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose this yeah. is a, uh, something we should talk about as well, is that you um, are not a working man. No. But once you were a working man yes. at one point, and you worked in a kitchen. I did. I worked in a kitchen. And so I get it. I mean, it's different. It was a different type of... It was a Spoon's Kitchen. Yeah, it wasn't a five-star. It wasn't a five-star. So that pressure... I mean, it's about as busy, if not busier. Mm. I mean, like, in a Spoon's Kitchen, yeah, you're not really cooking. You're just putting it in microwaves. And, yeah. But at its busiest, you, you've got about 50 orders mm. to fill. So it, yeah, and 10 ki- minutes each to fill them in. Yeah, kitchens are insane. Yeah. And I'll never do it ever again. Mm. But um, little, it was little things. Like, not just the experience of that, but... Um, maybe this is too personal I don't know but there's a character in the film he's the son of the woman who makes the, the desserts oh it's his son oh, it's her son is it? I didn't know I didn't know but that's the vibe I got okay 
Then maybe not. There was certainly like her reaction was very maternal, but very I don't know mater- whether that was just a, a factor of the fact that they yeah, were in that environment. I could have been reading that into it, but it's the fact that it's like it's almost like she got him the job there working with mm. her. And like she says, we're gonna talk about this later, okay? Yeah. So I, I I just picked that up. I could I could be wrong. Yeah. There's just a little moment. But the film accommodates for it, which is a good like a sign of the good script, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we could yeah could be right, could be wrong. Mm. There's a moment where he's, he keeps pulling his sleeves down, even though he should have them up. Yeah. For what he's doing, and then at one point she's like, "Put your sleeves up," and she rolls them up for him, and she sees that he's been cutting, self harming, yeah. cutting his arm. When I worked in the spoons kitchen, I was going through that mm. and I also had to keep pulling my sleeve down right so that people wouldn't see so it's a little, a little thing like that I don't do it anymore if you can, <laughs> if, if the audience is concerned I did it for like a month no just like in 2018 bringing it up just to sort of commend the authenticity of the yeah, film yeah right? like it, it makes people do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I believe that they all work there yeah um, I love the ecosystem of it mm. You know, like you move over to the waiters and then you move back to the, the bar and then you move to yeah. the kitchen. And you like, you're not necessarily always with the person you expect to be. No, no. I think there's a point where Stephen Graham or maybe his, I assume, sous chef, mm-hmm. uh, Vivian something? Vinette Robinson. Vinette Robinson. Yeah. They start having an argument with somebody and the camera kind of drifts off and goes and follows one of the waiters for a bit. Yes. And it's like, oh, okay. It, gives, it makes the film feel more organic, that it's not like staying with the drama all the time. It does occasionally like, oh, we're going to follow someone else now. Yeah. We're kind of, nat- I guess we're naturally drifting this way. Let's go over here. Oh, the, the verisimilitude is strong with this one. Yes. Like the, um, not just the people who work there, the customers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know those, I know those people. The, like The probably like racist guy. The, the Yeah, the guy who just, there's always an issue. Yeah. There's any, you know, that... British passive-aggressive thing. The fucking influencers. The influencers, yeah. Yeah, she's like... Because they don't have steak. Because, like, Stephen Graham, he's, 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 he's got a lot on, right? Yes. He's got a lot <laughs> happening to him at the moment. Yeah. She so wasn't able to order in steak. Mm. And then they, they go over to the... Influ- Bear in mind, this is, like, a five-star restaurant. Yeah. Where it's, it's, like, one of those places you'd expect the menu to be, like, foie gras with, yes. a, with a pignon tweet. Right. One of those menus. Sure. And they're like, oh, love, we, this ain't menuing for us. Can we just have steak and chips? Yeah. And she's like, oh, sorry, we don't have it at the moment. And as she's, like, explaining it, one of the guys is, like, recording himself on his phone going, they don't have steak. <laughs> He's pulling, like, stupid faces. Yeah. yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were odious. Yeah. They were horrible. Yeah, just that, the pettiness and the rudeness and the passive aggression that's so endemic to Britain. Oh, fucking, yeah, that health inspector. Oh, yeah. If it, he, I, I don't know if I'd been able to watch the film if he was in the whole thing. It just rings true, doesn't it? Yeah. Sorry, can you look at me? Yeah. Oh, now I'm fucking doing that. Yeah. You don't wash your hands in that sink, but you knew that already, didn't you, love? Yeah. Oh, yeah. so genuine. It's so, yeah. Um, and just, like, people complaining about nobody else being able to do their job. Yeah. The different departments butting heads. Like, no, mm. it's the fucking waiting staff's problem. It's not our... Yeah. We didn't do it. Going off to cry. <laughs> yeah, like, I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. Like, there's that... She's like the hostess, isn't she? She's the... I, I get the, the impression that she's like... It's probably like her father's... Yeah. Either her father's business or like her father got her the gig and she's yes. moved up the rankings because of that. Yeah. Nepotism. Yeah. And nobody likes her. No. And then there's just the bit where Vanette Robinson has a tirade against her. Yeah. No one likes you, blah, blah, blah. And then she goes off to have a cry. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, you know, in, in like another film, maybe... 
this be like, oh, we're gonna we're finally gonna see things from her perspective because the film has sort of been like, I guess if you're with anyone, you would Stephen Graham, yeah. Um, but like most people in the film don't come off well, no. Um, and then like she goes to to the toilet to have a cry, and it's like, right, well, this is like her moment mm. where we're gonna feel sorry for her, and she comes out of the toilet and she kind of like is sorting herself out, and uh, like one of the young waitresses comes in and she's like, are you okay? And she just goes, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As if like, fuck you Defensive. for asking. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it's like, oh thing. no, it's like, no, they're not like, they're not bending your opinion of this person. Like, they're not trying to. A, ma- they do, I mean, a little bit, because she phones her down, like, I don't think I'm cut out. A little bit, but it's. supposed to be here. It's not like. No, it's not it trying to. Yeah, 180, it's not, yeah. Yeah, it's not like trying to. Like, well, this is the beat of the film, so this is what we're doing. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, this is who the character is. Yeah. She is trying to be like. And they do kind of defensive. resolve those little arcs, you know, like, well, you know. Again, it's just a little... Th- it's like the waitress and the and the barman that are clearly fucking. Mm. You know? The one that's a DJ. After he finishes, he goes yeah. to DJ. Uh, but yeah, no, like, that... The hostess woman... Like, the, the the resolution of that is she says, look, you've done really well today to one of the waitresses. Mm. And then I think she says, maybe we'll have a drink after work. Mm. So, okay, yeah, they'll do. Yeah. That's the kind of hinting at a, a resolution. Or was that her way of, like, luring her in and like the reason that she's calling her to have a drink is so that she can say like we're gonna we're, we're gonna let you go. I'm yeah, afraid. maybe you know, maybe yeah. you don't know. Uh, doing coke, he goes off to do coke. <laughs> like yeah, when I worked in the kitchen, someone there did coke in the kitchen. Mm. You know, I think that's the thing with kitchen staff; they seem to do coke. I it, think seems, that's a it seems thing. like you need something to keep you going. Oh yeah, right, definitely. Yeah, coke or self harming in your case, <laughs> whatever. You need something to keep you going in the kitchen. My overriding. Maybe because I worked in a kitchen. My overriding feeling was empathy. Just like, you see the stress, the fucking hell that they go through. Mm. And the end result of all of that is that you as a customer get your food relatively quickly. Mm. All of that, just so someone can get some food quite yeah. quickly. It's an open, uh, like an open front as well. Yeah, you, you, they see them making the food. They can see them making yeah. the food. There is like a back kitchen, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, like that, that's another layer because at least with spoons you're protected by like... Yeah, you're anonymous to, to an extent. Yeah. yeah, but no, these people are like, they're there. Yeah. Like I just kept thinking if I was in that restaurant I would just go up and say, it's all right. <laughs> like, don't fret. Yeah. It, like, I don't have to eat here. <laughs> it's like, I don't need... It's just, I can it's wait. Just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I kept thinking. Like, I, I, I would hug you, Stephen Graham, but you look like Stephen Graham. Yes, you actually might beat the shit out of yeah. you. Which is it's such an interesting thing for such a small man to command such fear yeah. and power, you know? Uh, not that he's he's not going like this is England in this film, but it's there. It's kind of the unhinged thing mm. is slightly there. Weirdly, I ended up thinking about Jordan Peterson when I was watching this film. That is weird. Uh, because, you know, he talks about the fact that people go to work mm. and the electricity is running and the water is running and the whole thing works, mm. mostly, is a miracle. Yeah. I just kept thinking that, like anything from buying something in a shop to, well, anything, it relies on an interconnected system of people doing their jobs. Mm. And I know that's obvious, but it's like he says, it's a miracle. The fact that you get your food in a restaurant and you see all the thing, or everything that has to go through yeah. to get to you. So God, this whole thing, society, <laughs> it's, it, it relies on people doing things they don't want to do. Mm. To, to like a deadline that they that's impossible mm. upholding these impossible things and I know it's just a restaurant but that's what it made me think of is like don't worry 
just don't bother. Just don't, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's not worth the stress. Yeah. But, of course, if everyone thought that, there would be no electricity. There'd be no... No, of course So, that's my review of the film. I, th- I thought it was <laughs> fantastic. It also means that, like, the people who work in that restaurant, they get a break for once. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, would you rather have happy people or no electricity? Yeah. But, yeah, I just thought it was... Uh, Masterpiece feels wrong because it's not that kind of film. It feels too early to declare that, but I, yeah. I wouldn't like. I could see that happening. It's, I, I could yeah. see like enough time passing, going. Yeah, you know what? That was like a. It's basically flawless. Yeah, it's incredibly engrossing and involving. Because that's the nice thing about it as well is that it's it's like an impressive feat. Mm-hmm. But it's not just that. It's also like a good film. It's also well. a good film. Yeah. Because like like I pointed out, obviously, that they basically shot it over the course of a day because mm-hmm. that's all the time that they had. It's a real restaurant as well. Yeah. It's not a set. It's like an actual restaurant that they filmed in, which adds to like the... They couldn't like cheat it. They couldn't move walls. Mm-hmm. It's a real place they have to work around. Yeah. Characters moving inside and outside. So they're dealing with lighting changes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's food being prepared. So even though a lot of it's probably a lot of that is probably cheated, yeah, they do still have to work around fire and knives. And yeah, yeah, actually prepare food. Yeah, a really, and an detail that I kind of liked, and it's not really, I guess it's nothing really to do with the film. I just kind of liked that this is the case. They use the real name of the restaurant. Oh, did they? And I think Stephen Graham has the same name as the actual owner. Oh, really? And I kind of like that that guy had so little ego. He didn't. Yes. Want, it's, it's not like, yeah. oh no, they'll all think I'm like a bastard who does coke. And yeah. no, he's like, yeah, do it. Use my restaurant. Yeah. Use my name. I don't care. Yeah. I guess if it's Stephen Graham, you would just be like, yeah, no, cool, it's fine, <laughs> take it all. Yeah, yeah. Not the restaurant. You can have it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just give it to you. Please yeah. don't hurt me. It's based um, on a short film, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. I guess this is the type of concept you'd want to test, test out first. first. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I got nothing bad to say about it. I really don't. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> it's very, very good. Watch yeah. it. Should we do our top 10 of 2021? Oh, we, we, really, we really didn't have much to talk about, did we? There's not much to say, is there? Because of the type of film it is. Not just about that, just like over the course oh, of the oh, podcast. General. Only two planned... Well, this is the third. Three planned things. This should set a trend, hopefully. <laughs> we want to be kinder to the Yeah, audience. we've still got 20 things to talk about, is the thing. I wouldn't go that far. No? Probably like 15. Okay. Or 12. <laughs> yeah, or so 10. We're, I don't know. We're going to do our top 10 films and TV shows. Yeah. Together. Yes. The the If anyone's been following uh, Fun Filtered last year, we did this, but we had a much... We didn't... It was like everything. We right? had podcasts. And podcast yeah, games, yeah. YouTube videos, TV, film, all of it. All of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but Sam has forced us to narrow the, the scope a little yep. bit. For you are a narrow-minded egg. Sure. Um, well, this is a film and TV podcast, isn't it? There's Amongst like, occasional other things. Yeah, there's other things as well. But it's not a gaming podcast, and it's not... A podcast podcast. Number 10, the Derek Chauvin trial. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't, can't really, really do that. I suppose you can't really yeah. do that, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to constrain it to film and television. Not Derek Chauvin. Who's the one that was... He got off... Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. Yeah, number 10, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Was Derek Chauvin also last year? I think it was, wasn't it? Oh, Jesus. 
I don't actually like the know. trial. Yeah, was maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't have gone in the top ten. No, that wouldn't have gone in the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right. Let's let's do it then. Oh, well, let's set out the rules. Okay, go on. So the rules are like if we've talked about it already on the podcast, we'll do we'll talk about it a little bit mm. here, but we won't do like a proper review. No, yeah, these aren't full blown reviews. Yeah, we'll sort of yeah. direct you to like, oh, we talked about it here, and yeah. this is why it's on the list. A little bit more if it's something we haven't talked about, but mm. that seems unlikely. Yeah. Um, and also, if I have a thing on my list that Sam has much further up his list, we're going to wait until, like, the last time it appears. Yes. So then we might be skipping over a couple of things. So if, if it goes, if it starts off very quick, mm-hmm. don't be misled. Also, another thing we should stipulate is there are things that might well have shown up in your list, but we judge these things differently. So films, I go by the UK release date. Oh, yes. And you don't. You go yes. by the first international release yes. date. Yes, so there are things on your list that don't count. No, there are things on my list that very much do. Um, yeah, okay, so... You cheated, is what you did. How do I cheat? Because you were like, oh, I'll take all the good stuff from last year and just put that in my list. But Licorice Pizza... Is Parasite number one again, Sam? <laughs> Licorice Pizza... Which, is it a 2021 film Licorice now? Licorice Pizza, which might be one of the best films of the year... Mm. Counts as last year for you. Was it? Yeah, because it's a 2021 film. Oh, okay. I thought it was released New Year Day. For us, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, it's a 2022 film. Oh, I film. see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's now, you still get all the same films, just in different <laughs> years. Right. Number 10. What's your number 10, Jordan? My number 10, it was a toss up, my number 10. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Um, it was between two films. I guess this is sort of like an indication of what the year's been like. Yeah, we're not... We don't love our list. <laughs> <laughs> so my number 10, it was a toss-up between Spider-Man No Way Home mm. and... Which we ripped for an hour and a half. Which we ripped for an hour and a half and was like, yeah, it's fine, but what the fuck? Yeah. That might... That was almost my 10th best thing of the year. Yeah. But it was beaten narrowly, mm. unfortunately, by Pig. Yes. Pig is my number 10. We talked about it in episode 52, mm-hmm. where we did a review and then had a big argument. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A genuine argument. A genuine argument about, what was it? Just like, oh, I we said, just weren't seeing eye to eye on something. Yeah. Or we like know. misunderstood each other or something. Miscommunication. I don't know. Talking across purposes. It was a big, it was a big one. <laughs> it was, go, it was go a big one. It. it was a proper fight. We were, we were like, oh, it was a genuine argument. Yeah. yeah. I was genuinely annoyed with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pig. No, like, the thing that I remember liking most about Pig, mm-hmm. it wasn't the type of film that I was expecting, which mm-hmm. I think is true of a lot of people, right? Yeah. You see that trailer, you think it's going to be one thing, you see the film, oh, it's not that thing. Yeah. But I think I said, it, like, when you watch Pig, it knows exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the film's benefit, is that it's got a very, like, emotionally charged finale. Mm-hmm. That I didn't like, I didn't see coming. Like I was watching right. the film, going, I don't really know where this is going. And then when it does happen, mm-hmm. it's sort of the like a great send off to that film, right? Both the finale and then kind of like the coda at the end with yes. Alex Wolf and uh, Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just like it knows what it is, and it's pretty good. You didn't love it, or you didn't... I don't disagree, really, with anything you say. I just uh, it it didn't rise above a certain level for me. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's fine. Good. Yeah. Well made. Like, nothing to complain about, really. Well made. Very good performance from Nicolas Cage. Good. Might, might be one of his last good performances, on all honesty. Why do you think that? Just because, like, it's a really... Like, everybody does the whole Nicolas Cage is back, baby. Mm. 
whenever he does something good and there's always ages before the next one okay I mean he's not I, in his 80s though is no he? he's not in his yeah. 80s there, yeah. there will be other good Nick yeah. Cage performances but this is good like you know this is the most recent one and I don't know how long one. it's going to be before the okay, next one fair enough yeah good good couple of performances solid script good looking film nicely directed but yeah it didn't it just didn't hit me it didn't mm. get me yeah you know? um but I liked it. I thought it was a good film. And it was the 10th best of the year. Yes. <laughs> it was like, all right, you didn't love it, but you know. Okay, my number 10 is The French Dispatch. Okay. Which we'll talk about later. We will. Okay. What's your number nine? Uh, this is the only thing that we haven't previously talked about on the podcast. Okay. I think we were going to, and it's just like other things prevailed. I'm not entirely sure. Right. Um, number nine for me is Rick and Morty Season 5. Okay. Like, you know, fair play to them. I thought that, like, Rick and Morty had reached a point where it was just... It was what it was. It wasn't going to get any better. It was just going to be in a holding pattern mm-hmm. from now until the end of time, which I think is how many episodes they've commissioned, basically, yeah, at 70. this point. Yeah, yeah. Far too many. And Rick and Morty, at its worst, is exactly the type of show that I hate. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the, 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 the fan base around it, I think, is off-putting to a lot of people. It's kind of got this reputation of... Um, it's the meme, right? You know, it's like, to be fair, you have to be a genius to understand Rick and Morty or something like that. Sure. And it's like guilty of a lot of things that I don't like, you know, that kind of gag reflex humor where the joke is explained to you. Just like lazy improvisation, just like a reliance on lazy truck. Like it's, yeah, when it's at its worst, I really can't stand Rick mm-hmm. and Morty. And I think I watched season four and even its best episodes, I'm pretty sure the, the Vat of Acid episode was season four. I think so. The Vat of Acid episode, obviously, it's like set up as like a bottle episode where they are stuck in a vat of acid. Mm-hmm. And then after the opening credits, they get out of the vat of acid and the episode's got nothing to do with the vat yeah. of acid. Yeah. And yet they find a way to bring it back to that in the finale. It's like a good little piece of writing, but it was just, I watched it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But there's some really solid episodes in Rick and Morty season five. Okay. See, I watched Rick and Morty season five mm. and I watch a lot of television, so there's that to consider mm. in my memory it erodes my memory yeah I can't remember any of them okay and I when you said oh it's reached just like a cruising thing mm. that to me was what this season was okay you slagging off my list Sam I'm disagreeing with your opinion well stop it <laughs> <laughs> it's my ninth bet at some point I've got to start defending this list <laughs> well I can't argue with its placement no it's your yeah. opinion um yeah, I just, I just remember watching, like, because when I first started watching Rick and Morty, one of the things that I found quite appealing about it is that it had, like, a continuity. Mm. It had a law that it was continuing, and they were, like, things would happen, and it would honour those things, which is, like, unusual for a show like this. You just, like, not only do, does, like, adult entertainment in general, uh, like, adult cartoons, like Family Guy and God knows, you know, like, stuff like that, mm. they, they rarely seem to respect their own continuity. They're basically just sitcoms. Yeah. It's like, okay, total reset now. Occasionally we'll do, like, a lore episode. But for the most part, it's just like, don't have to worry about anything that's happened, we'll just do whatever. Mm-hmm. The fact that Rick and Morty was, like, respecting major things it did, like, the fact, like, is it episode seven? Where they... I'm, let me finish <laughs> what I'm saying! Yeah, don't ask the question, I don't know <laughs> I think it's episode seven where they, like, they have to leave their own universe. Okay. And so, like, the entire show from episode seven onwards, this Rick and Morty are in a different... Like, they're not in their own universe anymore. Okay. It's like an alternate universe that's, like, basically identical to their own. Mm -hmm. And the show was, like, stuck to that. It's like when, um, 
in Doctor Who, like the original, now we have to say the original Russell T. Davis run. Yes. There's, I think it's the fourth episode where the Doctor brings Rose back to the present day, mm. but he's actually a year late. Mm-hmm. So the show, like, yeah yeah, 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 he picks her up in 2005, but he brings her back to, to 2006, mm-hmm. mistaking it for present day. And for the rest of Russell T. Davis's run, even when Rose is gone mm-hmm. from the show, the present day is always a year ahead. Oh, right, okay. It, like, it's, it respects its own, like, right. little details like that, and that's really nice. Okay, well, it's one thing that it's done. Yeah. Where it's actually respected that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, not so much anymore. No. Um, but now that like now the time's gone on with Rick and Morty, like I seem I tend to enjoy the show more when it's like when it's sort of doing the pickle Rick thing, where it's like sure. here is just half an hour of just concentrated creativity and like anarchy. Mm. But it's act like it's well structured and there's act, like actually something going on. Yeah. There's a story to this. The episode where the uh, the decoy families are being killed and they all these like clones of Rick and Morty start killing each other. To the point where you have no idea who the real Rick and Morty is. Yeah. That's a fun concept. The Christmas turkey, ep- well, the Thanksgiving turkey episode where the president gets, like, yeah. turned into a yeah. turkey. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. There's some really fun stuff. There's, there's a couple of episodes which are, like, on par with, like, season four. Where it's like, all right, this just happened. Yeah. And the episodes where they do continue the lore, the overarching story of Rick and Morty, ultimately feel rushed. Okay. There's like an Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind episode where Rick goes into his own mind. Or he mm. goes into Birdman's mind. Right. Bird person's mind, whatever he's called. Mm. Um, and it's sort of like explaining their history. Yeah. And it's like a character building episode, but it's like, because it can only exist in that episode, it's quite rushed. Yeah. And then when they bring back the evil Morty storyline that they've kind of been hinting at throughout the season, that's contained to a single episode and that ultimately feels like they could have spent more time on it. Mm-hmm. But no, when it's just those kind of like standalone, like, right, here's a mad idea, and we're just going to have fun with it. Those, yeah, I agree. Those, and there's a lot of them in season five, which but, is why it's, like, why I've remembered it. Okay, I'm sure, like, if, yeah, I could be reminded of some of the good stuff. I just kind of got, the show's sort of done for me, in a way. I'll, I still watch it. Oh, it's certainly, like, the fact that there's so much of it left. It's yeah. like they can't even begin to think about ending Rick and Morty. No, 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 it's not just that, it's... <sighs> but I wonder if that's, like... If that helped season five a bit, it's like, well, we know that we're going to be in a holding pattern for a while, so mm. let's just start having fun with it again. Well, I like I like Rick and Morty, but I don't love it, and I I think it is an overhyped show. Yeah, and yeah, I don't like its vibe a lot of the time, like mm. the thing you were talking about, the Dan Harmon thing. Yeah, it can be good and it can be bad. Yeah, it's like oh, the sh- like the the moments where the show feels like it's encouraging that reputation of oh, it's, you actually have to be smart to understand well, what's going smug. on. And smug, yeah. yeah. When it's smug, it can be really irritating. Uh, but yeah, no, it is. There are solid things about it. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. your number nine. That's my number nine. My number nine is season four of Search Party. Have I don't know what this is. <laughs> what the fuck are you on about, Sam? You're just making shit up now. No, I, w- I will concede that it's been quite a weak year for television, in my opinion. Okay. Generally speaking. And this is... This isn't the kind of thing that would usually make my list. Mm. It's not that it's not that good. It's it's good. But it's not kind of like top 10 of the year. I'm not really slagging it off. But it is good. It's basically the show. It's a very obscure show. Okay. As a, a lot of TV is now, given the way that it works. It, the show basically starts with a group of friends and a girl that they went to school with disappears. Mm. And the main character takes it upon herself for no real reason to 
figure out where she's gone mm. and opens up all these avenues of, you know, of plot. And season four, she's been kidnapped. The main character's been kidnapped and forced to play out this role in this guy's house. And all, like I said, there are four friends. They're all odious in right. different ways. And when you start, you're like, oh God, it's about those people. I'm supposed right. to like these characters. New York, like a blonde ditz, a very flamboyant gay guy. Oh dear. They're all like woke and they're all... But the show criticizes it as time goes on. Okay. And it, it kind of satirizes, to some degree, it, it it parodies it. Okay. And I really like that. But season four was just a really solid season. Okay. And I think the next is its last. And it's it's just improved and improved over time. Okay. So, yeah, maybe give it a go. Okay. Give Search Party a go. When you say that it, like, it comes to satirize the wokeness. Yeah. Is that something where it feel like it felt like the show was on that trajectory, or is it kind of the showrunner wising up to? No, I think it was kind of always, always there. But okay. When it starts, you just go, "Oh god, I'm gonna have to spend time with these characters." Yeah. But the show knows they're all terrible. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, Search Party season four, I'd uh, recommend giving it a go. Okay. All right then. So what's your season eight? What's your number eight? <laughs> what's my number eight? Yeah. Is Limbo. We will have to reserve discussion of that let's do that for a little bit my number eight is another round which of course doesn't count for you no because it didn't come out this uh, last year it did for us you see because we live in the uk so (laughs) (laughs) we always argue about this uh another round episode 49 we reviewed it yeah i believe so yeah so that for the fully fleshed out review go there yeah it holds up you know okay uh, i've seen it a few times i just really love the premise it's a great central performance it's very you know really nicely directed and surprisingly heartwarming mm. i mean i've heard like other interpretations but for me it's just like the ending especially it's just really uplifting yeah and it's really nice and to see a film about four friends in their middle age and like when they st- the the experiment starts yielding results you feel genuinely happy for them yeah you do yeah and uh yeah just a great concept really really brilliant script soulful central performance and yeah it, it holds up like okay. i'm not going to talk too much about any of these things because we yeah, of course we've already covered them but uh yeah another round is my number eight okay what's your number seven okay it's funny how i've always i've, I've ended up going first why because when we get to number one you're going to yeah. be like you're going to go last so it's like your number one is like the real number one. You have this weird paranoia about that. What What if I had gone first? Then Could I have had the same complaint? Yeah, because my number one would be the, the... But one of us has to go first. Yeah, but why did it have to be me is my why point. Did it ha- why would it have to be me? Well, why, no, no. I asked the question first. Yeah, yeah, but if it wasn't you, then it would have been me. Yeah. Why would it have had to be me? Well, I would have preferred that, see. Well, I would have preferred this. Yeah, but why did you have to get your No, I see, that's the thing. I don't prefer it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. I don't care. You you are always sneaking the last word of the of every episode, so do I complain about that? I just do that because it, I we we've never planned like we no pl- no 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 the last episode you say goodbye mm. and then I say goodbye no sorry because I cottoned on to this what to, that's what you were doing right. I say goodbye first yeah then you say it 
And then I say something else just as like another little goodbye. Hmm. And then you say it yet again. Okay. Because you have to have the final word. No, I'm just... And that's fine. I'm just fleshing out our outros. Because I'm aware that like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do an intro. We do the coming up. And they they, sometimes they go long. Sometimes they don't. But Mm. our outros are always like 20 seconds. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Sure. No, it is. What's your number seven? My number seven. (laughs) My number seven is nobody. Oh, okay. Um, What episode? Nobody. Do the thing. I know, I know. That's what keep. That's what comes to mind every time. No, no. Did you? Okay, fine. Do it again. My number seven is nobody. 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 Nobody changed my mind, <laughs> and it leads me to a new disease. Okay. Yes, we reviewed this, didn't we? We did review it. We reviewed it on episode forty-nine, I believe. Okay. The same episode as another round, was it? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Talk about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's like... <laughs> it's an action film, you know? But it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a bad year, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a bad year. Look, uh, people like them John Wick films. This yeah. be one of them John Wick films. But it's it's a John Wick film where, like, the like at its worst, it's on par with, like, John Wick. Mm. And at its best, it rises above it. Oh, I think it's better than John Wick. Yeah. 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 I think the, the finale, like, the like that big fight at the end and then the villain's death. Yeah. And also the bus sequence, the now famous bus sequence the bus at the sequence, beginning. Yeah. Are, are, like, could easily throw fists with John Wick and, like, the best John Wick fight Well, I think the thing that makes it rise above John Wick is just that it's a decent central performance, which John Wick does not have. That's the thing as well. Like, I know he's, like, a slightly older... I, I guess that's part of the appeal. Yeah. Is that, like, you know... Um, Bob Odenkirk? Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. I do know who you are, Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> I promise. Yeah, that he's, like, slightly older, and so it's kind of interesting because he's, like, you know... Mm-hmm. He's an older guy. And they, especially when they bring Christopher Lloyd in. Yeah. Like in, with you, a shotgun. He, with a shotgun, yeah. yeah. And just how, like, gleeful he is the moment that he gets back in the action. Yes. You feel... I feel happy for him. <laughs> He's having so much fun. And I don't know if it's Christopher Lloyd or the actor. Like, the Christopher Lloyd or the character. <laughs> yeah. But I don't care. Yes. Because yes. I just... I like seeing him have fun. Okay. It's got one of, like, the... Because we watch, like, we watch stuff together. We watch stuff separately. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think we both laugh less at films. Especially, like, comedy stuff when we're watching it on our own. Yeah, of course, yeah. But this had, like, one of the, like, st- like laugh-out-loud moments of the year for me. Okay. And that's when, like, he throws the chair at the guy in the hospital bed. Oh, yeah. Like, and it lands. And it's, like, I, I don't know how they faked it. I'm convinced they didn't. Right. I'm convinced he just threw a chair at him. Because <laughs> the way it lands is so perfect. Yeah. I, I laughed, and I wound it back immediately after right. it happened. <laughs> so that's, like, a proper standout moment for me of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like the choreography is really solid. That's the nice thing. They didn't phone it in. Yeah. It does, it, it, you know, the performance, as you say, is really good. And it's sort of, it doesn't act above its station. No, it knows what it is. It knows what it is. Yeah. And it doesn't feel insecure about that. No. And that's really nice. Yeah. But if you want to hear more about it, we talk about it in episode 49. There you go. And this is something we talked about in episode 48. Uh, Ooh, okay. My number seven is the father. Ah, right. Okay. Which is also doesn't count for you. Well, it didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen didn't last happen. year. <laughs> it didn't happen. What's the same? Oh the yeah, father? I can't. I just realised like what you know <laughs> the nature, like the subject matter of the father. It's like <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. What film yeah. are you on about, Sam? Yeah. There is no film called The Father with Anthony Hopkins. Who my imagination's pretty fucking great then. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, also holds up. Fantastic central performance fantastic supporting performances the mm. ensemble cast in general really good incredibly sad 
directed in a very refined manner. Mm. The script is very clever, and the ending makes me sob. Yes. Still. That's what I'm going to say about it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it very brief. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a lot of... Um, it treats its subject matter with respect. It does, yeah. Which is really nice. It, does, it doesn't feel the need to be overly gimmicky. Or push, no. or push the concept too far. It knows how to keep it, like... Like, no, we can't push it much further. Otherwise Respectful. It, yeah. 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 No, yeah, it's good. Okay. What's your number six? My number six is the Sparks Brothers. Uh, we'll have to reserve conversation. Okay. Not very long, but we'll have to reserve conversation. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number six is Dune. Oh, right. I was half expecting you to go, my number six is the Sparks Brothers. <laughs> no, no. Okay, Dune. We talked about it on episode... 55, 55. I think, yeah. yeah. Yes, one of the... Best looking films I've ever seen. Mm. It's Denis Villeneuve. It's obviously incredibly well directed. Mm. My favorite directed film of the year. My favorite direction, if you know what I mean. Mm. Everyone just fits their role perfectly. I know it's only the first part of a larger story. Mm. That's fine. But I will watch anything that man makes. Mm. And for someone who, you know, he makes cold, quite cold science fiction films. I was engaged and I, I found parts of it cool. And that says a lot for me, because I don't find things cool. Right. I'm excited to to see... I don't know anything about the story Mm. at all, so I'm really excited to see what part two um, brings us. But, yeah, I really, really liked it. Mm. That's it. Okay. Yeah, Dune is absent from my list. Yeah. Um, But that's a big part of the discussion that we had on it, right, Mm. in 55, was that I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. You just didn't feel it. Yeah, it didn't click for me. Yeah. And it's not, like, I don't know. I don't know if it was me or the film. Because mm-hmm. as I say, it is, like, an ap- an amazing-looking film. It's incredibly well-directed. I agree with everything you've said. Yes. But, uh... You didn't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But I'm not... I'm not that's, not, that's not me discouraging anybody from watching it. No. Yeah. What's your number five? My number five is The French Dispatch. Okay. Well, let's talk about it, then. Let's do that. What episode did we review it? I think uh, 56, the last one. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's um, very flawed, which is why why it's my number number 10. It's it's very, don't get me wrong, there are a lot more flawed films. Yeah. Uh, Not very flawed, it has flaws, but I don't really care about them. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a Wes Anderson fan, and it's Wes Anderson junk food, and Mm. it's more junkier than being the Ricardos. It's pure sugar oh yeah if you're a Wes Anderson fan yeah um we've talked about its structural its issues its narrative issues Mm. and the fact that it 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 doesn't really go anywhere there's no real purpose to it in that way it's 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 like as time goes on it's all the more disappointing that because that script doesn't require major modification for it to have like a pretty solid premise no they've basically set it up the film just doesn't recognize it or do anything with it yeah and it, it is a shame that it like that the, like nothing was done to address that and as you say I think it, it, it could it might have been better as a TV as show as a TV show yeah. or like a miniseries just an isolated rather than having to do oh the French Dispatch season 3 and 8 and yeah yeah no it's like an isolated thing but it's strengths can't be denied no no it's a gorgeous film yeah and it, it's it's well written it's very well written. And just it's an enjoyable watch as well. And it's and enjoyable. That, that can't be understated. I mean, like, yeah. again, you know, if, if, you, if you don't like Wes Anderson, this will not change your mind. Absolutely not. It'll make you hate him if you don't like him. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny as well. Yeah. It's actually funny. 
everyone does the pitch perfect Wes Anderson performance thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a shame about I don't want to call it disposable, but it it ends up being a little bit disposable because mm. it doesn't there's no overarching or not a strong overarching thing. It yeah. does feel episodic. No, yeah, it does and, sink into his filmography a bit. Yeah, and vignette, you know, it, yeah. it won't be considered one of the greats. But it's very Wes Anderson and he's good at what he does. Yes. So yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's I like that. it a lot. Okay. If, despite everything, I like it a lot. Yes. My number five is the Sparks Brothers. Ah, there you go. Okay. Yes. Cleaning house, are we? Yes. At number five. <laughs> uh, what episode do we talk about it on? We talk about it on episode 51, I believe. 51. Okay. Yeah. So go there for the required reading. Mm. Uh, it was the best Ed Gwright film of the year. <laughs> <laughs> if nothing else, yes. <laughs> it has that to its name. Yeah, no, it, it it's a film that looks like it was made by someone who only makes documentaries and has become very good at it. Mm. Uh, it was fun, superbly edited, extensive, you know, everything's in there. Yeah. Everything. It's the definitive item yeah. on... Sparks. The Mail Brothers. Yes, the Mail Brothers. I did it. You did it, finally. We've paid that off <laughs> at the final hurdle. I got it right. It's not the Sparks yeah. Brothers. I think, you know... Obviously, they're kind of cult figures and a lot of... They have a lot of famous fans. Mm. But I don't think many people know about them. And so I didn't. You no. Know? So going into it, it was really nice to be opened up to that world. Mm. And yeah, what can I say? It's just a very niftily made documentary. Yeah, it does a really good job at like deconstructing them, but not like destroying them. No. Like yeah. the, the that enigmatic, strange quality that they have is not lessened by their presence in the documentary and the documentary just talking about them. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's always a risk of it being hagiographic because I, I think I knew before he made it that he was a fan of Sparks. Edgar Wright was a fan of Sparks. Okay. It doesn't feel like that though. It doesn't feel like. I mean, they, they probably God knows, but there probably aren't any skeletons in the closet. Mm. But it didn't feel like the film was glossing over the controversial stuff or. And, and I think we said at the time, like, and that's amplified by the fact that the people that used to work with them that got sacked from the band don't really have a bad word to say yeah, about them. Yeah, exactly. They just seem like good people. Because mm. um, you'd have to think, even if they were invited on to be a part of the documentary and they did reveal all these skeletons, yeah. when it came time to release the documentary and all of that stuff was mysteriously absent, mm. they'd probably have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing. been nothing. Yeah. Totally uncontroversial. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a risk of that, and the fact that they're like in on it, you know, like when Disney produces Saving Mr. Banks, you're like, uh, is can this really be trusted? Yeah, but they're in on it, but they're not in on it. Like the fact that they have no say over what it's called, or yeah, it's not like they're producing the film. Yeah, they're just the subjects of it, but they're in on the joke. Yeah, and I think that's uh, like they clearly trust Edgar Wright. Yeah, which must be wonderful for Edgar Wright being such a huge oh, fan. Oh yeah, to be, yeah, to have your heroes trust you to do like the documentary on them. Yeah, um, I hope it's Oscar nominated. It's it's the kind of film that would slip through the cracks. Yeah, but it's been up for a few documentary awards. Okay, so I hope that it gets through. I'm not like I I'm, I don't keep up with documentaries. Yeah, so I I. I I don't feel confident saying it's the best documentary of the year because I just I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, but I would be surprised if it wasn't even close to being the best documentary. Oh of the year. well, obviously it's my favorite documentary of the year. Yeah, and I do watch 
documentaries, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Summer of Soul will probably win the best documentary okay. Oscar. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's black. Oh, there you go. We've got a, our fourth review. <laughs> or third review <laughs> of, the, of the episode. It's one of the best. It's like the fifth best review film of the year. Okay. Right. <laughs> it's basically about like forgotten. It was like the Blackwood stock and it's never been seen before and they found all this footage and they cobbled it together. Mm. I think Questlove, was it Questlove that directed it? Guy from The Roots. Oh, right. You know, yeah. um, I think that will win. But yeah, this is hands down my favorite documentary of the year. And there have been yeah. a few good ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I think the big takeaway for me, like the big victory of the film, the mm-hmm. thing that I'll kind of say, like, if asked about it, I'll say, oh, this is what's good about the, the Sparks Brothers documentary, yeah. is that it's it did, for me anyway, it did a really good job of sort of like showing you why the Sparks Brothers are so good and why that... No, no, what? I... No, yeah, no, we yeah, paid yeah. it off. It doesn't count. Yeah, no, you can't. You it doesn't can't count really, anymore because I paid it. It happened. I got off. it right. No, 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 no. Can I edit that out? No, you can't. You can definitely I, fucking can't. Can, can I just like... No, no way. Sloppily take the audio from earlier and just like hammer it over. If I, I'm going to make a note <laughs> so that I will remember if you edit it out. Right. Carry on. Okay. Um... Yeah, it does a really, really good job of explaining what's what what the big deal is. Yes. I think most documentaries are content with just sort of having people who are a fan going... They're sort of like telling you their experience of being a fan. Yeah. Where it's like, oh yeah, I listened to them when I was younger and they've stayed with me ever since and they got me through hard times. And the music's like really good. And yeah. That's like fine. It's nice having those stories, but it doesn't really... To somebody who knew nothing about Sparks going into it, which was a position we were both in. Mm-hmm. Like, that only gets you so far. Yeah. It shows you that they like the people who like them like them. Yeah, they're one of those bands, if you like them, you love them, sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like this documentary was really, really able to hone in on, no, these are the unique qualities of the band. Yeah. And this is why they've garnered such attention. Yeah. And why that, like, positive attention is deserved. I agree. And that, for me, is why it's, like, one of the best documentaries that I've seen in recent yeah. Recent. Yeah. Okay. What's your number four? My number four is Surge. Interesting. Okay. Explain. Okay. <laughs> we talk about it in episode 49. Okay. Go there. Yeah. Now. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we talk about it in episode 49. Yeah, it's, it's again, in a bit like Boiling Point, it's an experience. Yes. Uh, it's an experience that's bolstered by... Well, I say bolstered, almost entirely carried by the central performance from Ben Whishaw. Yeah. Because it's so against type for him. Mm-hmm. Q, Paddington. Ben Whishaw is just a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. He's not lovely in Search. No, he's not. He's like, I don't know what's up with him in Search. I don't know what his problem is. He's had enough, isn't he? <laughs> he's had enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, boiling point, when I watched that, Surge was the go-to comparison in my head. Mm. Yeah, it's a great, great performance. Yeah, and a good film. Mm. But it, it's a it, the film is the performance, isn't it? It is the performance, yeah. and that can go either way, can't mm-hmm. it? The fact that like this one element has elevated the film so far is a testament to just how good it really is. But yeah, yeah also the fact that there isn't like a there isn't too much surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Like obviously it's well directed. I think like it's when you say it's well directed, it's hard to separate that from the performance. Yeah. Like, the scene that I brought up in the review and one that's really stuck with me is when he's in the hotel 
and he yeah. demolishes his room, mm-hmm. but like carefully. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, the fact that he's like ripping up the mattress and slowly climbing inside it, and he's not doing it like an animal. He's kind of doing it with care and methodically. Thought. Yeah, methodically makes him feel so much more insane than if he was just oh, yeah, tearing yeah. the room apart like an animal. What we said, didn't we? Like, I think at the time, I felt like he. It was almost like he was connected to the cosmos. Mm. That there was an, an intuitiveness yeah. to the way he was behaving. Like, yeah, I get it. It's it's like unfiltered. It's Something's moving through him. Yeah, like when he whispers to the guy at the wedding, and the guy just walks away. He just disarms the situation. It's like he's, he's keyed in. He's yeah. clued into the truth of the universe sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, re- I really do like it. I haven't, I've only watched it the once. Okay. So it's probably worth a rewatch. Yeah. No, it's definitely a performance film, and it's an experience yeah. film. Like, you kind of made the... Um, the Safdie brothers comparison to me. Yeah. It's similar in that respect where it's kind of like good time or uncut gems where, yeah, it's a really solid central performance. Yeah. And it's just kind of this full on, yeah, Yeah. full on close up claustrophobic and just spiraling chaos. Yeah. And it is that the British version of that. Yes. But it does it really, really well. Yeah. And that's why it's, and and the best thing about the film is that it has an implicit criticism of Michael (laughs) McIntyre. Oh, is he, do- is he doing the wheel now? Oh, uh, game we- show. Is yeah, oh, Michael McIntyre's The Wheel. Oh, I don't bloody know. There's a wheel. I don't know if it's th- like Wheel of Fortune, but he's just he's got a wheel. Okay. And it's gold. And that's what Michael McIntyre's doing <laughs> gold now. Gold wheel. Um, okay. Is that everything you wanted to say? Yeah, Surge yeah. is good. I like Surge. Surge, Surge is very good. Yeah. This, this, is like, this is the point of the list where it's like, it's all right. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't feel bad about the list. Yeah, the no, moment. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy now with the list. Yeah. I just wish that, with the exception of my number one, I wish they'd all been lower. I wish it'd been that kind of year. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. My number four is season three of Succession. This is your fault. Because <laughs> you, you're, we're currently We're watching currently it. watching Succession, and if you'd like got your act together, <clears throat> and done it we'd, we'd be on season three. Yeah, now. we might have finished season three. I'd have had something else to put in my list. Yeah. I wouldn't even had to have worried about Spider-Man No Way Home. The, fucking the, sneaking its way the in The thing here. is, it definitely would have been in there as well. Oh, would it? Yeah. Fuck you, then. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Succession, yeah. We haven't talked about it at all, I don't think, on the podcast. No. It's a good show. Mm. It's a very good show. I'm not going to premise it, because we might well review something at a later date about it. Okay. But yeah, in, in short, it's about just a, a powerful media family. They're all billionaires, and they're all vying for the leadership position, essentially. Yeah. So backstabbing, betrayal. They're all horrible people. Hmm. Yeah, it's like the, the biggest drama, not in terms of numbers, but critically, pretty much right now. Hmm. Uh, yeah, season two, this, if, the, if there's a main character, it's Kendall. Hmm. Uh, and he's down in the dumps in season two. He's like a reeling from a horrible thing at the end of the first season. And at the end of the second season, something happens hmm. that changes gears. And so season three is a lot more fun. Okay. It's all fun. Mm. Fun dialogue, fun everything. But three, it it's it gets back because he's no longer in that place. Right. And so he's a, a lot more dynamic and energized. Okay. And it's just more, it's more of the same, but it's really, really, really good. You okay. Know? And it goes international a little bit. And yeah, I'm not going to spoil it because you're watching it, but mm. it's still succession and it's great. It's a great show. Do we get more of... Uh the Greg? Yes, Greg is still there. Yes. Good. We like Greg. <laughs> yeah, we like Greg. I'm, I'm, we like... I'm, I'm sorry if my bell summoned you. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. He's great. Because I think the only time I brought up Succession, if not, like not passingly, is when I was complaining about 
award the Emmys mm. and they just blanket nominate shows. And yeah. I think it's like, oh, the succession got three nominations in the supporting. Now it's hard to really quibble with it because <laughs> there is Kieran Culkin, Matthew McFadden, and Greg. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but what does he say? Like when he's at the party. <laughs> this is all season one stuff, obviously, because yeah. not that far into season no, two. No. But yeah, when he just like slides up next to him after snorting the coke for the first time, he's like, no matter where you go, it finds you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The party, it just finds you. <laughs> I think the, the quote that's always highlighted from that show is to make a tomlet, you have to break a few Gregs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great show. Yeah. What's your number three? My number three is I Care A Lot. Okay. This was talked about in episode 43. Mm-hmm. I kind of briefly brought it up earlier. I was like, I think I've seen one of the best films of the year. And I had seen one yes. of the best films of the year. It's very good. It's like, it's the type of premise that I'm immediately drawn to because it's just sort of, it's, it's out there. It's unique, yeah, yeah. It's out there, yeah. You've got a woman who has her own, like, fraud crime ring thing yes. going where she, like, tricks elderly people mm-hmm. into, like... Like, to putting that person into care yeah. so that she can basically liquidate all of their assets and make profits, make bank off them. Yes. And she does this to the mother of a Russian crime boss. Yes. And shit starts to hit the fan. It does indeed. It's a very, like, oh, that's a good premise, but it's and it's fun as well. Yeah. It's a very fun film. Another great performance from Rosalind Pike. Rosamund. Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Another great performance from her. Yes. Obviously, Peter Dinklage is very good. Yes. Um, Diane Waste, I quite like, though. Yeah, she's good. Uh, Chris Messina, I, I like a lot in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's one of those characters where it's like, oh, I'm, I, I wanted to see more of him. Yeah, it's a shame you don't get to see more of him. Yeah. Yeah, it's the great ensemble. And it's like, it's one of those films as well where um, one of the nice things about the script is that it's not entirely clear who, like, the good guy is. None of them are good people. Yeah, there might the be thing. no good guy to this film. Your no. allegiances kind of naturally shift with the film. Yeah. But yeah, the people that you spend a lot of time with might not necessarily be the people that you're rooting for. And that's really nice when yeah, you can pull that off. That's the, I never rooted for her. Mm. I found it interesting and like, because they're horrible as well. It's not a case of I hated her and therefore the film suffered. I liked the film a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I hated her. Yes. I thought she was horrible. I'm like, the only thing qualm I have with it is that they kill her doctor friend, partner in crime or whatever. Mm. And that is supposed to be the thing we're like, right, okay. Because she says, you broke the rules, you play this. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't buy that bullshit for a second. You started all this shit. Mm. They had no choice. You know what I mean? Like, not no choice, but I didn't, I thought that was the film trying to get me on her side. Okay. And I wasn't having any of it. Right. So no, she's just as bad as they are. There's Mm. no all's fair in Love and War. Yeah. I will say, though, I've seen the film a couple of times since the first, and it has diminished for me. Oh, interesting. Okay. It hasn't held up quite as well as I would have liked it to. Well, I, I think it's longer than one would expect it to be, right? Yeah, and there's too much slow motion. There's a lot of slow motion. Yeah, okay, yeah, I think I remember there being a lot of slow um, motion. It's not, you know, it's not become a bad film or anything. I still like it. But yeah, it's not as brilliant as I... I think that might have been a case of I'd watched a lot of not good things... And then that came along, like, mm. ooh, that's really good. Yeah. And now I think it's good. Okay. Yeah. But it's still good. But it's still good. You're not slagging off my list. I'm not slagging off your list. Because now we're at the point of the list where it's a problem if you're slagging off my list now. No, because I know what your next... Well, I hope I know what your next thing is going to be. 
I don't know what the, I know what the last two things are. Do you? Yeah, because they're on my list as well. Fucking boss baby, come on. <laughs> He's the no idea. He's, I'm going to say boss baby for number one. Uh, well, my number three is the Suicide Squad. Yeah, we can't talk about it. Yet. Yes, we can't talk about it yet. We can talk about it now. My number two is the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Thank God, we should we share number one? That's nice. Okay. Um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's your favorite film of the year, then? It's my favorite yeah. film of the year. Like yeah. it was the it was I care a lot for the longest time. But like the conversation that we were having before the podcast, I said to you, look, Sam, we're dangerously close to Spider-Man being my 10th favorite thing of the year. <laughs> yeah. Help. And we were sort of talking about like how I look at stuff. And I was like, I tend to favor stuff that I enjoy yeah. over like objective quality. Sure. Because there are like really good films that I like and I recognize their quality, mm-hmm. but I would sooner watch something... That you just enjoy. Yeah. 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 Like Taxi Driver is not a film that I'm yeah. in any rush to go back to. Right. But I recognize just how good that film it's, is. It's masterpiece genius. Yes, yes, exactly. Whereas The Suicide Squad, I feel confident in saying that this is a film that I enjoy, yeah. but it's also just a really good film. It ticks, yeah, it, it's nice when you get a film like that. Yeah. Where it's enjoyable, but I don't have to be guilty. Yeah. Because it's also really well put together. Yeah, yeah. Just a really good film. Yeah, I've seen it a, a few times. It definitely holds up. Absolutely. Yeah, really a lot of fun. Mm. I love the visuals of it. I, like, I love the way it looks. A cinematography surprise Yeah, for me. Like, this is, uh, like, a strong contender for, like, best cinematography of the year for me. Right. Cinematography is, like... I know that this is the year where we've kind of introduced the cinematography argument of, like, oh, should we be raising the bar? Right, right, right. But, like, cinematography is a really strong category this year. Is it? For me. Yeah, there's some really good... Like, Dune, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Whatever you think of the film, like, Last Night in Soho looks mm-hmm. really gorgeous. There's a lot of really solid-looking films that came out this year. Yeah. And The Suicide Squad is a nice surprise, because there's some genuinely, like, good stuff going on in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, all of those, like, diegetic title cards was a nice surprise. Yeah. The script, it's just, like, I remember when the title card comes up. Like, the original Suicide Squad are exterminated yeah. on the beach, and then it pans over to, like, the new Suicide Squad, and the Suicide Squad comes on screen. Yes. And you just looked and you went, that's really clever. Mm. Like, a lot of clever beats in the in the script. Yeah. And they're not smug. They're not full of themselves. Not at it's, all. it's not, like, keen to explain itself to you. It's just having fun and being really competent while I doing just, so. I just love the colourfulness of it. Yeah. Yeah, that as well. Just the the types of heroes, as it were, mm. that, it, that it has. It just nails that group. Yeah. It gets it really... It nails it really well. Yeah, like it's just it's violent fun, but it's very, very well made. Yeah, and that's fun. the thing. It's not like gratuitous. It's not no. pushing it too far. No. It's got the right uh, relationship with violence. Margot Robbie was obviously born to play Harley Quinn. Mm. Um, Sylvester Stallone was born to play a shark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, polka dot man. He was <laughs> was born to play him. Like Idris Elba, like the the, the straight man of the yeah. film, like the quote unquote boring one of the group. He that, has his moments. That was nice. He yeah. had stuff to do as well. John Cena, really good. Yeah. You know. Peter Capaldi, wasted. He's like, he's like the one weakness in the film. Yeah. He's like a wasted character. Yeah. Which is a shame because the other characters are not wasted. They all have something to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 annoying that he's like the, the... He sticks out a bit like a sore thumb. I think it's my second favourite film of the year. Yeah. Okay. Did, is that a thing you wanted to say? Because that'd be a good segue. What now? Is that everything you wanted to say about the Suicide Squad? Oh, you're going into your favourite film of the year. Well, I was going to say, because that would be a good segue. Oh, right. Well, yeah. I won't won't stop you. Uh, Well, my favourite film of the year is Limbo. 
Ah, right. Which is my okay. number two. Oh yeah, I, forgot, I almost forgot about Limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, I've seen it only once. Okay. I still have only seen it only once, so that's the the concession I'll make here. Mm. It was just a really nice surprise. Mm. Really out of nowhere. What's this? A film about Syrian refugees that isn't annoying. Yeah. It's visually beautiful. Mm. Considering Again, it's, another strong contender for cinematography. Yeah, considering it's set, set in the Scottish Highlands. <laughs> There's fucking nothing yeah, there. A lot of colour. Really nicely written. Mm. And not preachy. And again, just fun. And when it is making a point, it does it in a subtle, commendable way. Like about that character who's gay. Yeah. You know. The opening had me. The mm. opening shot, the opening sequence. Like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> You've got me. But I, ha- I have only watched it the once. Yeah. But, no, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's nice, like, when you see a film go for broke like that. Oh, yeah. And it's opening shots. Like, right, people, you're going to like this or you're going to loathe it. Yeah. You're in it yeah. or you're out straight away. This is sort of what I mean about, like, it be, like, me favouring uh, stuff I like over stuff that I recognise the quality of. I suppose that's the best way to address the discrepancy, right? It's my number eight, it's your number two. Yeah. I did like it. It's definitely more your thing than it is mine. Yes, I would say so, yeah. I, I admire, like, I enjoyed the stoicism of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, same. Yeah. Where's Anderson Light, I would kind of... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and just how, like, it, cre- it had these, like, weird characters in it that were simultaneously, like, larger than life and also very, like, real. Yeah. I know that's, like, a, su- like a stupid contradiction. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. But, like, the guy in the supermarket... That's like that's a character, but also that's like a person, you know. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it, but I just I wanted to be a, a better year where that wasn't my favorite film. I'm not trying to damn the film with that. No. It's I really enjoyed it, but it it's not like it's not Parasite. No. You know. I know very few things are. Yeah. But I would have liked it to have been a better year for film than it was. Mm. But that doesn't matter. Does because it not? We had a good TV show, didn't we? Our seemingly mutual number one. It has to be. Season two of this time with Alan Partridge. Yeah, it's not. It's not that. It's not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to assume that our favourite thing of the year was Midnight Mass. It was. Yes. It was our favourite thing of the year. It's rare that we agree. Yeah. At that level. Yeah. Well, it's just like... Shows above a certain quality. Yeah. Or just entertainment above a certain quality just has this like it feels effortless what episode did we talk about it in just to oh yeah yeah we yeah. talked about this in oh fuck we haven't been doing this we at all alright Suicide Squad was episode 52 Limbo was uh, also episode 52 yeah this is episode 54 okay our Halloween special okay. we did we, did, <laughs> we have talked about yeah. this a lot you can go listen <laughs> to that yeah yeah just like the the effortlessness and the dignity and just the like, it yeah. knows where it's going, and it knows what to like. It's it's almost like it, kind of like Parasite. It's almost like it wasn't made by a person. It's like yeah. it just came to be. Yeah, I, I have no qualms about calling it a masterpiece mm. at all. It's a masterpiece yeah. as far as I'm concerned. It's perfect. Um, like the only thing, well, not the only thing, but because I know it's not to everyone's taste. But the old age makeup is like the only... Yes, that's unfortunate, but by no means a deal breaker. No, not at all. I know that some people may be missold on the show. Because when they say like, oh, it's like a horror show. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, it's going to be scary. It's not really. Well, the thing that I get a lot from people who like horror, that say they like horror, Mm. 
is they like Insidious and they like The Conjuring. Like and pop horror. Pop horror. They uh, To jump, you know. Mm. And whenever I, I then write, oh, you like horror? Oh, try this horror. Mm. They never like it. Right. Because it's always, oh, where was, you know, yeah. not where was the jump, but there's obviously a certain type of horror that they like. Mm. And I've heard that back about this show, which mm. is, oh, it wasn't that good. I was expecting something different. Yeah. They were expecting Insidious or something like that, mm. you know. I mean, I don't really know where to start. I don't want to recapitulate everything we've already said about it. No, of course not. Just go and listen to the review. It, it's my favorite thing about it. It's not, God knows whether it is actually, mm. but it's a vampire show that never calls itself a vampire show. Yeah. It might not be a vampire. Mm. It might might be an angel, if that's what you want to think. Yeah. I have my own theory that we talked about. Not theory, but my own take on it. Which is a, a unique take that I haven't really heard anyone else talk about. Right. Which is nice. Yeah. That the, like, again, that a show is able to... Like, your reading is completely unique amongst the readings that I've heard, and yet it's completely... It sounds completely valid. Yeah. It works within the frame of the show. Right. Yeah. Um, every performance, every, every, every performance is perfect. <laughs> hey, Miss Linklater. Mwah. <laughs> That's the that's the best performance of the year in anything. Yes. No, I would agree with that. Completely yeah. agree with that. God, where like where was that? He's been around <laughs> for a little while in supporting roles, but like, where was that? Yeah. Just amazing. It's just amazing. It's visually beautiful. Mm. It, it is clearly something that he's been waiting a long time to make. Yeah. It's his magnum opus. It was it was so nice to hear um, that this has been like a long standing. Like some of his earlier stuff references it. It's, yeah. It gets referenced in that. If only to just be like, oh, thank God he didn't just knock this up in an afternoon. I was so relieved. <laughs> I said, this can't be the thing that he just did after haunting. It's like, bizarre. Like I said as, again in the review, like it's bizarre that this is like one of his only, like he's one of his very few like original pieces. Yeah. He's mainly an adaptation guy, and yet this is what he's been, like, capable of? Yeah. Well, we just haven't been harnessing this? Does the adaptations maybe to, like, get his foot in the door to make this sort of thing? Yeah. I love that they let him do it, because it is just a gorgeous thing that exists. I'm happy that it exists. I think he said, like, the reason that he put those references in the earlier films wasn't to kind of go, hey, you know. It was to keep it alive for himself. It was like, no, Mm. I'm not dropping Midnight Mass. It's going to be a thing. And it did. Yeah. And I can't imagine... I mean, I know the cr- a creator of something is never fully proud of it because, you know, they made it. Mm. I can't imagine he would have wanted it any differently than it is. That's that's the thing as well. Yeah. It's one of those rare cases where it does... It feels like this is the show he wanted to make. Yeah. This well, isn't compromise. This isn't a compromise. This isn't, like, the best he could do. Yeah. And there's, like, a better version still in his mind. This really does feel like this is the definitive... Yeah. Midnight Mass. How many episodes are there? Are there seven episodes? Seven, yeah. Not eight, not ten. Yeah. He knew how much knew, it needed. Knew how long it needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think Midnight Mass will slip through the cracks of history. I don't think it's going to be remembered or become like a cult hit or anything like that. I really hope it doesn't. I hope, well, for us it never will, obviously. But mm. I, in the awards calendar, it's up for three Critics' Choice Awards mm. and nothing else. Right. Is he up at least? Is Hamish Lee? He's up, up for Critics' Choice. Well, thank God. And the show is, and Zach Guilford, who okay. plays Riley. Yeah, okay. He has. When I watch TV shows now and films, you know, I've been watch, been doing this for a long time. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to l- really care about characters. Mm. 
that Breaking Bad, even when I first started watching that, was a revelation because it's like, oh, I care about Jesse. I haven't cared about characters since Lost. Mm. Lost makes you care about those people. Breaking Bad does as with certain characters. And Mike Flanagan seems to be able to do that. Hill House and this, I care about the characters. Mm. When something bad happens, I feel it, mm. you know? And I don't know how he does that, but he has a unique skill for it. Mm. And it's one of the rare cases where it's a man punching up that doesn't annoy me. Because <laughs> he's earned it. Yeah. He's earned Kate Siegel. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you know, I, I loved it. It's the... I think my favourite show of, of 2020 was Homeland Season 8, which is also pretty damn great. Mm. It might be better than that. Okay. It might be the best show of the last few years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've got to say about that. Okay. Yeah. Anything to add? No. It's just, it comes highly recommended. It, it does. Seems. It does. I mean, we've talked a little bit about what happens, but like, if you are going to go back uh, to episode 54 and listen to the full review, it is spoiler riddled. It is. The only thing we don't talk about is literally the final thing that happens. (laughs) Which was not the plan, it's just like... Yeah. I think as the conversation carried on, and our, like, love for the show was, like, fueling the conversation, we just wanted to talk about it. Yeah. So, maybe, like, go watch the show before you go listen to the review. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's a good shout. Mm. Maybe this is the kind of review that we should have done first. Yeah. (laughs) And saved the... We couldn't have known, could we? No. Uh, but yeah, so it's our favourite thing of the year. It is. How nice that we shared like a number one. Yes. Yeah. The, the, if we'd it... agreed on the rules, then we would have had it last year <laughs> as well. Don't you, don't, doesn't it like annoy you a little bit or upset you a little bit though? What? I've watched like two TV shows and 30 films. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've watched like a billion films. Yeah. And a hundred thousand TV shows. Yeah. And we've both ended up with, like, a very similar list. No, because as I keep pointing out to you, you see a lot of those because I see them and recommend them to you. No, You wouldn't have seen no. Surge had I not told well, you to no, watch not it. Sur- no, I wouldn't have seen Surge. You wouldn't have seen Boiling Point. Well, you don't, you don't know that. I do know that. No, you don't know that. I know that. No, you don't. Come on. Come on. Don't take that away from me. Don't take what away from you. Yeah, I like Stephen Graham. I might, have, I might have looked into it. No, you wouldn't have. Yeah. You wouldn't have heard of it. You wouldn't have. That's just a fact. So because... I'm not saying, like, oh, yeah, and fuck you, it's only because I... But that is true. This is because you couldn't go last, wasn't it? We both went last. Well, we both had the same number one, so we both went last. Something you need to understand. I don't... This... This energy in you, Mm. I don't have it. (laughs) Right. I don't have that thing. I don't care about going last. Okay. Or, you know... The only time I care is when I know that you care too much, and that makes me care. I was going to say, you Like the last slice of pizza. You don't care, and yet you do it anyway. Do what? Go last. But that wasn't by design. I did Oh, wasn't it? No. You think I calculated to go last? Well, you did- you Then didn't... you're more paranoid than I ever could have given you <laughs> credit for. I don't want to fall out with you. Don't, then. Let's just end the podcast. <laughs> What a great way to see the new year. (laughs) Bye. Okay. All right, then. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.